Titties. Titties. Three right, o'clock. Hey, what's titties. up, Podcast America? And we are not advertising titties, but we are advertising Tyler Stanaway and the Compassionate Viking Podcast. <laughs> At CompassionateViking.com. And like we just discussed on this episode, he is our own Electric North Shaman. He yeah. is the best of spiritual, natural goods, forestry, farming. I mean, what doesn't all, all Tyler do? All yeah. kinds of shit. Yeah. Tyler does everything. What yep. doesn't he do? Go follow him. Um, and then we have my own training Northwest, and I actually have some dates to announce. They won't be up on the website until January 2nd for tax reasons, but I can say. <laughs> Fuck the government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck the IRS. March 6th will be our, or sorry, March 23rd will be our first round of classes. And then we have June 15th will be the ladies only day where we do a uh, beginner pistol class followed by a bonfire. And I'm going to be contracting one Jordan Creek to smoke me a brisket and we'll have some hors d'oeuvres and whatnot Mm -hmm. and adult drinks afterwards. What if I identify as a woman? (laughs) You can can come serve drinks, Mike. All right. Lady boy, Mike. And then uh, August 9 to 11 is the three-day rifleman camp. And I know you guys both said you'll be out there. Yes, sir. Dave says he's coming. So the boys are all going to be out there, which means I'm going to be having fun. So you guys should grab a spot because there are only 16 left already out of, uh, or sorry, no, 15 left out of 18 because you two are coming. And then we are also giving one to our other best friend, Will Notel, because he's starting his own podcast, The Patriotic Islander, yeah. and he's going to be raffling off that spot. So nice. there's, there's going to be a free rifleman camp spot oh, available perfect. through Will's email, or not through his email, through his podcast when he launches it. And then at some point, we'll announce it. His his 10th episode, He's gonna we're going to do a combined show. So yes. it'll be a four-person Neanderthal Islander show. And we'll uh, we'll figure out who won the free spot to rifleman camp. You know what's crazy is I'm really excited for rifleman camp. And last year I went and I had these janky ass iron sights. Mm. And it's like maybe rifle camp for 2024 could be better. Yeah, you it, might want to go to vortexoptics.com. What? Pick something out. <laughs> let uh, let Training Northwest know what you're looking for. Um, we are a vortex dealer. I don't carry a lot of stock because I don't have budget to hold inventory on the shelf. But anything in their catalog, if you want it and you want to support a small business, just shoot me an email at trainingnorthwest at protonmail.com. And I can get it in the mail for you. And then if you are local, we also have our zero program where you can come out to the range, get your optics zeroed. And I run you through a couple of drills as sort of a commitment to your readiness because I don't want you having a new optic sitting on the shelf next to your gun that isn't zeroed to your gun and you can't use when you need it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to help me acquire an optic and zero it. Correct. That and mount it. So, if you need so it. then like on your pistols, pistols, you rifles, whatever. Everything? Yeah. If you want a binocular or a rangefinder, spotting scope, et cetera, we carry everything. He's by weaponry. Yeah. By weaponry. What are you, what are you running the uh, pistol in? How are you holding that? Holding what? Your pistol. In my hand. All right. But if it's when not it's in not your hand, hand, where oh, would it be? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're swinging a miss. Cruising yeah, out. Well, the hang on. My sissy's pistol I put in the uh, Allegiance holster. The uh, <laughs> the meat the meat cannon just I let it swing. <laughs> oh. Well, boys, oh, uh, Allegiance Holsters. If dot you, com and use code TNW10 at checkout. Yeah. A little discount. Michael. <laughs> T- 
tell oh, me what we talk about. I mean, I I can anyone phrase what we talked about today? Femin- was feminism. all over. Fem- today was no, power I think, structures. I think, I think we did a decent job staying staying the course on the today. course. Stay the course. Yeah, I million points of lights. I think we did a decent job. Jordan yeah. had an interesting run in with a very masculine, feminine lady, and I feel the podcast took off from there. <laughs> But I, it's just a buddy living his life and talking about a story and kind of how we feel about the world. It was unique. Yeah. All right, you guys. Enjoy the episode. And she didn't, but I gave it a shot. Thank God you have all these hours of podcasting history behind you, too. Oh, I gave her the Sweet. Tyler Standaway, dude. I was like, <laughs> yeah. divine feminine. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. I, I, I fucking went after it. Then I was like, you know, I'm interested in trying mushrooms but i'm honest i'm i'm gonna i'm scared i'm i'm nervous about it and she just it, it she was like this guy's like admitting he's afraid of something yeah bitch i am <laughs> it was it was bad <laughs> i was i woke up this morning i'm still talking about it obviously like I yeah. was, this yeah. pissed me off and i hit record right in the middle of this rant but we're talking about the massive bummer fest that is feminism <laughs> feminism is that the right feminism yeah. Which is interesting because the root word is feminine and it's anything but feminine. And I think the root of all the sort of misery that these women live in is the fact that they have suppressed their divine feminine and they're trying to find this alternate identity that's somewhere between masculine and feminine and it's all fucked up and they just end up angry and bitter. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever met a feminist fe- feminist who is not angry and bitter one time? No, usually is there, if you're is pissed there, off at men. Yeah, is there such a thing as a feminist who is not fucking angry at the world? I don't know. This is the first one that I've met in the wild, I think. That was like, <laughs> that was real time. <laughs> yeah, dude. If, if, if we were hunting these things, that was a trophy. If, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have stuff <laughs> it. You gotta start carrying a 10 millimeter with tungsten rounds just in case you, when you're out in the bar, just in case uh-huh. you run into a feminist. Oh, there yeah. they are. When they're... they charge, there's, there's no stopping them. Oh, man. It was <laughs> just fucking pull that thing out and spray. <laughs> She's angry. Bad. It was bad. Yeah, Holy wearing this, shit. wearing uh, uh, project, you know, two two three, and shout out Brent. Just, well, look what you started, Brent. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> she went after me. What Bible verse is that? Well, they oh. all. What do they say? There's nothing. There's nothing worse than a woman scorn. Oh, you yeah. know, but then you take a woman that hates everyone and every man, and it's like, well, that's even worse energy. She yeah. she told me you're lucky to even occupy my time for this long. Is she told you that? Oh yeah, and I was just like, she was like, as a straight white male, (laughs) you're lucky to even. You're lucky. So she's a real barrel of laughs. She probably has a ton of friends. Oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is. Is this fucking real right now? And I'm looking around, and Chandra's nowhere to be found. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is what I'd like to do on a Saturday night, huh? (laughs) This is awesome. Oh man! Like I said, so I bought her a beer. Perfect. (laughs) I was like, let's talk about it. Just drive that drive uh, that knife in. Oh, uh, well, this ties in pretty closely to what I kind of wanted to talk about coming in here, which is sort of the concept. I've been reading a lot the last week or so. Um, who is uh, Michael Schellenberger, one of the, the independent journalists who was responsible for releasing the Twitter files, mm-hmm. has now released a second set called, I think, the CTIL files that goes uh, more in depth into the uh, sort of government sponsored censorship of social media 
and they talk a lot about the use of social engineering. And I want to say that they called it a cognitive attack, although I might be using the wrong word there. Um, but just sort of the concept of, remember the movie, um, oh, it's a great movie, uh, Inception, where mm-hmm. they go into people's dreams to like plant ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the idea behind, if I'm using, if it's cognitive is the word they use, a cognitive attack, is that you can put a thought into somebody's brain just by like suggesting something. Like when uh, when you were outside, I was talking to Mike, and I said, hey, I can make you, I can give you a thought. Like I can put a thought in your head. I said, Mike, don't think about elephants. Mm-hmm. First thing that happens is an image of an elephant pops into his brain. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sort of tie that in with conspiracy theories like... Um, you know, Tyler always says they have to tell you it's part of their it's part of their karmic religion, right? Um, and so I was watching this disaster movie earlier today before I came over here. The uh, what's the name of it? We were just talking about it. This is the end. Uh, no, uh, it's brand new. It's out on. It's got Julia Roberts in it. And this is Ethan. the end. Leave the world behind. Leave oh. the world. Behind. This is <laughs> the end. It's got yeah. Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James uh, Franco. Yeah, my bad. Uh, uh, same thing. But it's it's produced by the Obamas, which yeah, is a wild. Little, huh? Yeah. So why why is Barack Obama producing a movie about an internet blackout that takes down infrastructure? And it was just sort of weird. It kind of made me think about the cognitive attacks and the social engineering of just they're just putting that idea into people's brains. That the yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that is what the movie is, but it's it's an interesting concept that you know you make a movie about like a end of the internet situation and all the the uproar it would cause. And then what happens? Sort of like... Uh, I thought it was about like making sure you had friends on hard copy. <laughs> friends on hard What? No. That's the, in the movie, the little girl was just wanting to watch the last season of Friends. Oh, yeah. The last oh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that a hard copy DVD. Gotcha. Yeah. DVDs, guys. So that, that's, that's the uh, prepper advice is get hard copies of <laughs> yeah. DVDs. Blu-rays yeah. and DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> Streaming services are shit during the apocalypse. You want hard digital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not damn it, no, I'm all sorry, derailed. brother. Or I just like uh, right before COVID, what was the what was the exercise that the WHO ran? Yeah, like it was like a simulation yeah. of a worldwide coronavirus in 2019, and then the next year the the well they COVID did that they did that happens. as their like their little getaway that they do right. They had a little a little it's like a little war gaming experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, absolutely. But you have to think like. If and I think you, you can also call it predictive programming, where you just start yeah. showing people what you're going to do to them mm-hmm. through various media forms before you do it, mm-hmm. just so that when it actually Numbs. happens, yeah, they're a little numb to it, exactly. Yeah, you'd have to think, like, if you had a major idea for a change, like, think of Hitler, like, and he's like, we got to kill all these Jews. You can't just be like, hey, I got an idea. It's We're Tuesday, round them all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you have to soft introduce these things kind of into the psyche to the point where you get death camps. By starting, no one just well, yeah. goes And how do you start? Camps. You start blaming them for all your problems, sort of like Jordan, single white men, mm-hmm. right? Yep. If you start blaming single white men for all your problems... 10 years down the road, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yep, you're going to get an argument with one at McMinimins in <laughs> Bothell. <laughs> About the patriarchy. <laughs> and then he's going to buy you a beer. Uh, oh. Showed oh, her. Man. Yeah, right? The single white male just bought you a beer. That's actually the best move is like the person that's like, you guys are the whole problem. You are the nicest and you actually bought the person of conflict a drink. It's like the person that's like, you're the asshole is never going to buy you a beer. That's true, because she has to go home to her angry dyke friends and be like, <laughs> yeah, I met this real asshole last night. Oh, yeah, what did he say to you? He Well, 
he just asked me to explain my views and then bought me a drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a, exactly. What a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, the patriarchy, you asshole. I tried. I tried. But, I mean, yeah. I, I was backing down a little bit. I was, you know, kind of kind of going back and forth trying to figure out, like, okay, what's my angle to, like, calm this fucking the old rope beast yeah. down? <laughs> and, Water buffalo. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, it was just... It was a wild experience because, like, this is, like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, what, it, <laughs> what's happening right now? It, it, I thought, Did you by any chance get her career field? I don't think she has a job. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... I mean, one was a nurse. Okay. One, like, her, her girlfriend was a nurse. Um, but it was just, it was just con- like, just going after me about everything. Yeah. It was just one thing after another, and it was just, like, then all of a sudden... You know, marriage is uh, this social construct that's bullshit, and it's like, hey, I agree. I mean, I think there's there's a little bit about that that I, you know, somewhat agree with. I don't need the government to tell me, you know, who I love and all that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I kept trying, like, finding things like that. And then she's like, well, no, it's about a man owning a woman. I was like, okay, you know, where, where does the ownership part come? Yeah, in? it's like I, that, that's not what I'm talking. I, I'd about. say it's more like a team. And the yeah. idea is teamwork to raise a family. Yeah. You, well, you remember the the scene in uh, Boondock Saints when the guy's talking about rule of thumb. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, luckily it wasn't rule of wrist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that's, I was, that's, that's, that's who I was talking to. Yeah. That's oh, who I was shit. talking to, yeah. but a short version um, that looked like the the mystery man. Uh, <laughs> the sphinxster. The sphinxster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just, it was absolutely wild because – when when she said the patriarchy, I inside I kind of started giggling because I was yeah. like, I can't believe some fucking chick like this just brought that just, up. Like, just said it, that this word. is a fucking meme. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And so, it, and before we started recording, we talked about it. But it's worth noting again that I've never talked to anyone or read anything that can actually define what the quote unquote patriarchy is. So when I asked her that, she shut the fuck up. Yeah, and she was like. Uh, what are you giving me a, like, and I was like, I'm dumb. I I don't read stuff about this. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. When you say that I've heard the word and I truly don't understand what you mean. Can you explain it to me? Honestly. And she was like, you're not giving me a hard time right now. And just like, like as a, as a, as a white man, you're not. Her only response in this situation is to fight. Yeah. She's she's looking for you to fight back so that she, she can she just finding, attack verbally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so it's it's a complete disarming of their agenda and because their only uh the only tool in their toolbox is verbal attack. Mm-hmm. When you say, "Hey, I have a sincere question." And and that's, Can you please explain the patriarchy to me? Yeah, and I was and <laughs> yeah, she was like, "What?" And then she shut up a little bit and then she was like, "Well, this is a lot of pressure to like define this, but it it start like I mean, it goes way back." And she's like, I could take. I got you back all night. To, I got. Yeah, all I could night. take you back to like seventeen seventy six, and did. And it's like, please. I was like, I, I think it was probably. <laughs> it was probably before one, one that. of my favorite times to go back to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I think. Do we you know could. Major Roger Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was like, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I know a little bit about that time. Can I check your hatchet? And make sure it's scoured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it was. It was funny, and she started kind of dancing around explaining something that she felt so profound about 
and it was a very high overview of like it's like well basically like males white males run everything and rule the world and this and that and i was like okay yes we do i get that and uh that's that's why the three of us work on construction sites and body shops (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) running this shit yeah um so yeah so she was she was giving me the business about that a little bit but she couldn't really explain i felt like she was dancing all all she can say is white males are in charge of everything like are they yeah and i was like okay well what what yeah. Where do we go your, from here? Like your what? boy Kozak thinks about this, and yeah. I actually think about it and how it's kind of tied to current LGBTQ conflicts. And I think you can define the patriarchy very easily in more of like um, a madman time. Like if you think of like your main job as a woman was being a switchboard. Are you trying operator. to mansplain to us right now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me tell you boys how it's done. <laughs> uh, but... If your role in this world was to be more, as women want to venture out and become more self-independent, and that means financial independence needs to be achieved, and most of the jobs for women back in that time were being a secretary or being subservient to someone else where you can maybe get a little bit of a bonus, but you're never going to be a titan of an industry. I, You look now where you have execs of Google and Amazon, or Google, YouTube, Google, Corona, places that have women uh, CEOs that are worth tons of money. And women had to fight back in the day for some of that stuff, just the same way that black people had to fight for rights. I mean, this has gone on through the history of time as oppression, but laws were enacted throughout time against race, against sex, to give equality. And I think these things kind of started to really hit their pinnacle of equality during like late 80s into the 90s you have hr it's a lot harder to get a blow job and give a girl a raise with a whole hr department looking at the actions and the things you do so what we're trying to do is stop these things where someone is hindered from moving forward due to their sex their race any of these minority type things. But once you achieve equality, it's like, well, this thing that used to have a loud voice and a lot of momentum and a big cause, well, once we solve the problem of that, what do we do with this army now that's fighting for these things? And I think once you see more level playing field in the work field for men and women, well, now women don't, I mean, they're able to be, CEOs, they're able to get any position just the same as a man can and get the same amount of pay. So it's like, well, now where do we put some of this energy, right? Well, I, I'm glad you brought up, I think, the feminism movement. I'm not saying that right. Feminist. Femini- feminist. Yeah, feminist. The feminist movement, movement yeah. grew out of the workplace, right? Yeah. And what, what I always call out is I don't understand this insane desire to compete with men to go be in the workplace and have the corner office because I don't think it's all that great. Well, I, th- I think it's far more important to raise children well, and the divine feminine is what is better suited to that. And honestly, like having been now in the workforce for, I don't know, since I was 15 years old, the idea of being able to get out of bed make my kids breakfast, run them to school, be at my house, which is where I'd far rather be than at my workplace, and just sort of take care of the things that are mine because they matter to me, and then be there when my kids come home. And then I like to cook, so 
cooking for other people feels good, make my family a dinner, and then be, again, be there in my house, which is the place I want to be with yeah. my family, which is the people I want to be with. What the fuck? Like, you, but does, I, does the corner office, like, what does that fulfill I, for you? Because I think, I think what, the, what it, sorry, I'm going to keep going yeah, for yeah, just go a second. When you finally get that corner office and you realize that you've foregone children and family all these years and suppressed your, your basically your soul and your spirit, which on the feminine side, I think is far more inclined to do those family things. Then you realize that there's, it's nothing. It's just a fucking room with windows in it. Mm. And you've spent your entire life striving for this thing. You've foregone all these other things that are probably far, not probably are far more important. And now here you are and you're just empty. Yeah. And I think that's where that anger stems from is you, you, they've suppressed what really is important and what really matters to their spirit in order to chase this false narrative. And I, I almost wonder if it rose out of sort of post-industrial uh, revolution to where people realize that, hey, we, we can... Uh, Did I have a mousetrap just go off? This I, is I, awesome. I, I <laughs> we, yeah, we got one. Yes. Um, uh, shit. Post, post-industrial revolution, looking at mass production and realizing that 50% of the American population was at home and not in the workplace. So how do you mobilize the other 50%? You tell them, hey, ladies, you belong in the workplace too. You're just as good as the men, which, yeah, you're perfectly capable of being in the workplace. There's no, there's no concern there. The concern is what's being left behind and what the sort of the damage that's being done to you spiritually and, and in your soul when you leave the important parts behind so that you can become part of this mass production machine and basically double America's workforce. Well, school is a little bit of daycare. I mean, not yeah, only well, is it education, it's but not it a little bit. It's a, it, no, no, no. It's shit education. And it's a place for your kids to go during the day. So the mom can yeah. go to work too, which yeah. again, doubles the workforce of America. The public schools were also created yeah, yeah. at the same time as the industrial revolution. Cause you needed more factory workers. Yeah. You needed a pipeline of children coming into the factory. And you also needed to get the women out of the homes and into the factory as well. Yeah, but if it's like, well, the most important years are maybe those very beginning years where child rearing, like one through six, you know, where you really get to establish time with your child and they'll maybe do a little bit of preschool and kindergarten, but the most part, you're still having a lot of interaction with them. But once they start to hit like first, second grade where they're gone most of the days, I think it does create an opportunity for a lot of women to have excess time to be like, I want to go back to work. You know, and just the same way you're like, I think that maybe the best role for a woman is, is to practice that divine femininity and focus on that. But also at a certain point, it's like, well, I would never hold anyone against from doing something that I'd want to do, which I know you're the same way. Yeah, like, no, if you I would never go tell make you, no, money, you can't go do yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would want to know what you're... I, I suspect that a lot of women suppress their true desire because they think that, you know, there's a lot of social pressure too to be, be a strong woman, to be a super mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you can have kids and a full-time job and run every, and it's like, no, you actually can't, you cannot, it's too much. If you, you can't do all those things well, you have to pick one or two things to do well. And I think more and more just because of social pressure, women are choosing to not do family well. Yeah. Well, or it's society saying this is how much it costs to live. That, yeah, and that's so part, that I is must also sacrifice yes, and not do children well because it's standard of living. Yeah. I, yeah. They need clothes. They need food. We need a roof over our head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of need, we need to have a woman 
here to I was just thinking uh, we need Christy or Danielle in here right now. Yeah, <laughs> to help figure that part out because I, I can't tell you what it is. But I know for <clears throat> from my point of view, um, you know, you're talking about going way back and looking at the Industrial Revolution and all this other stuff, but like, and like how how men came to be on top of this whole thing where did it all start because it's probably farther back than you can even oh, sure. comprehend you, you go back into prehistory and, and the women stayed home with the children while the men went hunting and gathering and why and then, but why did the women not go out hunting as much as the men or like what was because of what physiological was the, differences were bigger and stronger that it's a hundred that's, that's a biological and fact and that is at the end of the day the important part yeah and we fucking tend to forget that or try and it's make also that not, not well, be the, the, the other important part actual, is they're better nurturers. Yeah. And so it makes more sense. Like they do a better job with the children. When I was a kid, I always thought a a woman was a better gardener. It's just what I thought. Whether or not that's true or not, I just figured gardening is a woman's thing because they're taking care of something. And that's just what I thought in my head. But then I thought farming, a farmer, I think of a man. Because mm. it's scaled to be a fucking arduous task. Yeah. So why is it when I was a kid, I thought a woman's a gardener and a man's a farmer. What's the difference? Mm. And I think at some point you go, oh, well, this is being done at a level that takes away from... It turns into grunt labor. It turns into yes. to male. It turns into a, a physical task. Yeah. You got to drive the oxen with the wood fucking harrow on the back of yeah. it. And it's all day on your feet. And actually, you know what? A lot of women did that too back I, then. I'm sure yeah. they did. I just don't. I When I was a kid, this is what I thought. Sure. Right? Like yeah. it was just in my head. And then looking back on it, it's like a lot of the stuff I thought when I was a kid was right. It was like spot on because it wasn't looking at it from one judgment or the other was just like oh this is just what is happening just felt natural and i i look back on some of those things that i thought when i was a little kid and the fuck that's pretty pretty spot on all this other bullshit has kind of been in the last you know 30 years (laughs) you know when i had it right when i was four now i'm now i'm second guessing it because all this other crap that i've gathered along the way um but there was just something like, you know, you wanted mom to hug you. You yeah. know, it wasn't like I was running up to dad to get a hug all the time. It was like I wanted a dad a boy from dad. Yeah, and kids need that soft touch, back. right? That that divine feminine is a, is incredibly important. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, you know, the the when you started saying the titans, the the titans of business and mm-hmm. all that shit, like it it all started because a man can physically do more than a woman. Yeah. And that's that's that. Well, I mean, just because you have strength doesn't mean you dominate the hierarchy. No, you like, don't. Like it's very famous in Vietnam. But you're not going to see how many women bricklayers do you see running? I was just no, gonna say, yeah. running the bricks. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't. But it's very possible. But you to see, see a woman in the office. Yeah, yeah. But so I, whether I've, or not she's running that company or not, like the way I look at certain things is like, I like to see a a company and this is, again, this is just me being me. I like if a company started, it started from a guy doing the work, anybody doing the work 
learning, growing, and then hiring more people to do the work. Okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm trying to do this. I'm going to need you to do that. And then I'll step and they build their business that way. Yeah. Not, okay, we need, a, we need a feminine person in here. We need a woman in here for fucking, you know, uh, optic reasons. Yeah. Let's bring in a couple ladies to run shit that can't do the work that everybody else is doing. And not to say that they couldn't do a better job at, uh, whoa, all the all the office shit as far as well, like lifting oh, shingles onto a roof is probably going to take a little longer with a lady. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, as far yeah. as as far as like but normal, they're they're like able to plan and dissect the job. I'm not saying that that's yeah. a, a man accounting yeah. a man or a woman can but do the same job. At, at yeah. some point, you got to go. We need the guys to be able to do the labor and need to sacrifice their fucking spirit energy to get this shit done. Yeah. And that I, I, I don't think that that is a good place for a woman. It's, it's a, well, it's a masculine trait. It's something we do well and doesn't really bother us. Just like, oh, it bothers the fuck out of me. I don't want to fucking, do- <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, uh, for example, women in the infantry, right? So there was a big to-do about it a couple of years back when they're like, they're going to let women into combat arms and into ranger school and into the SEAL teams, blah, blah, blah. And then it went away pretty quickly. And I can almost guarantee you the reason it went away is because very few women, I would say less than 1%, want to be in the infantry because it's hard. You have to carry an 80-pound backpack and a 17-pound fucking saw and for nights on end with no shower and if you need to take a shit, you do it in the middle of a patrol base because guns are facing out. So you have to just go dig a hole right literally where your friends are walking around, like cleaning their weapons and doing their priorities of work. There's no there's no privacy. You're not going to get a private porta potty brought out into the woods. You're not going to get a shower for a week or two. Um, and it's just miserable. It's wet and it's cold. And suddenly that whole, like, I can be just the same as the boys goes away because it's sort of a male thing to be like, yeah, we're, we're doing infantry shit and this is kind of cool. And we enjoy going out and doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And just like on construction sites, right? So my entire professional career, I have been in the military where women get paid exactly the same as men. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in construction where women get paid exactly the same as men. If you have an yeah. electrical journeyman's license, you get paid exactly the same as me, regardless of your gender. And we get paid pretty fucking well. How many women are in the trade? 1%? Yeah, we're trying to get more. So if you're looking, yeah, come on it's, in. I mean, it's 1. a walkthrough. Yeah, if, if you're a female and you want to get into the electrical trade, you're basically in. Yeah. Just for filling out the application because they need more females to show that they have the numbers. And the, why don't they want to be in the trades? Well, because we work outside in the winter yeah. and we work outside in the summer and we work in steam tunnels where it's 120 degrees and we work in shitty, dirty places where, you know, you're covered in dust and grease and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's not this glamorous, oh, I'm going to get the corner office and be the boss. It's a good paying job, but it's not glamorous. And so suddenly it's like, well, you know, you actually do have the same earning potential as a man. You're just not willing to get out there in the elements and suffer for it. Or it's not even the elements. It's just this type of work. Mm-hmm. I could care fucking less. Yeah. I'd rather fucking yeah. bag so when, when groceries right. than well, when it's, uh, when like it's, working. With, when it's glamorous corner office yeah. and CEO positions, it's like, we need equality. And it's like, hey, we got all the fucking equality you want. Come on down. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's applying. Yeah. So there's, there's plenty of equality to be had, and nobody's applying for it. Yeah. So I call bullshit. That's yeah. a very good point. 
Yeah, equality is not part of it. This is all a narrative base. Yeah. But I think a lot of these, like, it would probably be harder to be an electrician as a woman in the 40s than it is currently. I, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of the same job. Are you just saying because of the attitudes? The attitude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. what, I mean, that's what the argument was, is we can do stuff too. I and wonder if going, it's almost more uncomfortable now because I think that if you're a female in the workplace now, no one wants to talk to you because they're afraid that you'll just report them for saying anything. Sexual harassment Literally anything you say, you're going to get reported. So everybody just ignores them and treats them like a pariah. Yeah. Unless, unless you're uh, a decent-looking guy. Don't talk to him. Don't yeah. talk to him. That's that. Do you guys, did you guys ever out? see the, uh, <laughs> there's a great Saturday Night Live skit about sexual harassment in the workplace. And uh, Amy Poehler's like sitting at her desk. The, you remember the little blonde girl? Yeah. And uh, one of the, one, I think it was like, uh, not Chris Farley, but it's one of the the fat like regulars on the show. Uh-huh. He walks out and he's like, oh, hey, good morning, Amy. And she's like, oh my God, I'm filing a report. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then it says, how not to sexually harass someone in the workplace. And Tom Brady walks out and like grabs her boob and is like, Hey, good morning, Amy. And she's like, Oh, Hey, good morning, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what happens yeah. too. Yeah. It's and like, so the moral of the story is if you don't want to get accused of sexual harassment, be good looking. Yeah. Have you ever had a really good looking male buddy? Like you go oh, younger yeah. years trying to yes. meet yeah. chicks and it's yeah. like, you guys got one. Oh, yeah, I got a couple, thankfully. What, you? <laughs> sitting on the table, brother. He's right here. He's right here. He's hiding behind that, that big fucking beard. That fucking smile once you said it. It's like, I know where this is going. Oh, man. What's up, Don Juan? <laughs> there was a guy in our sister platoon in the Army who was from Tennessee. I won't say his name. But so he had the heavy southern accent. And I, he wasn't like particularly like muscular or anything. I think it was just the accent in Washington State, like that southern accent. Mm-hmm. To where girls were just like, they hear oh, yeah. like they would it's approach him, call. yeah, and they'd be like, "Can I give you my number?" And we'd be like, "Dude, what the fuck? How do you do that?" And he'd be like, I, "I don't know, man. I don't know, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. oh man, I got a buddy who uh, has has an accent. He's from uh, Georgia, and he's got an accent, and he didn't want to. He, he kind of tries to hide it. It's like, mm. don't lean yeah, into that. Lean shit. into it. Yeah, <laughs> lean embrace in. it, brother. Yeah. I remember uh, I wrestled in middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. I took off, and then back in ninth grade, I picked up again. But 8th grade, I didn't wrestle because my dad signed me up for a choir because the choir teacher was the wife of one of the guys he worked with. So he's like, you're going to do choir. I'm like, oh, this sounds stupid. My son is not wrestling. You are yeah. doing choir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I got, I sucked at it. I got the, what I get? Uh, most improved. Like that was my award. It's like, that's how you say you suck still, but you got a little better. But uh, uh, I went there and it was like 50 girls. And I was like, well, this ain't bad. And then it was me and three other guys. And we just became the best homies because it was just us in the trenches. But it was like. In the trenches. In, <laughs> in eighth grade, though. But it's yeah, like. Deep, so, deep in the trenches. Dude, you're, yeah. You're like, you know, yeah. it's all starting to hit. Everyone's feeling it. And uh, anyways, one of the guys in the choir class was just. He was like. Hitler would have loved him. He was like blonde hair and striking bright blue eyes. Uh-huh. And he could sing. He was the lead of choir. Motherfucker and can dance. Yeah, yeah, dude. 
And then so like he went on and he's in high school. All he the started, girls loved him till they found out he loved the same boys they do. <laughs> yeah. He started becoming like extras in movies and getting famous kind of stuff. And then he became like a male model. And I remember my, I went to my stepmom's work and met some of them and they had a calendar up. And it was like an Esquire. She worked for a newspaper. And so all these magazines would send calendars. And it was like for the ladies department. And it was like the male men. And it's like, no fucking way. My choir buddy is Mr. March. <laughs> or smoke a Frappuccino. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, dude, it's interesting because it's a lot easier to see guys and they get around a hot girl and they kind of like you know you kind of lose your your compass a little bit but like a striking hot buddy you know and you put them in front of a bunch of dames it is fun to watch that was yeah i had i had a buddy who uh ended up being a model on uh the fuck was it what's that what's that uh, design clothing design show um Project One Way. That's what it is. Chandra would watch oh. that shit all the time, and we're sitting there. I, we're sitting there yeah. watching. <laughs> I was intently watching. You boys sh- got me. Chandra <laughs> interrupted. I mean, me. I was just walking through the living room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I look over and I see, like, uh, yeah, no shit. There's my buddy on fucking Project One Way getting ready to try on some garments that yeah. Hector made. <laughs> it was awesome, I, dude. I. I don't care how good the tail is. I don't think I could do that. What's that? Be a male, be a fat, mo- be a male, male model. model. That would be awful. Are you kidding me? It'd be awful, dude. This guy, I think he's pushing forty, and he he looks like he's twenty two, and he's just jacked. And it's like you know, he was a legit wrestler. Your like, buddy or me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I'm looking deep into Tobin's eyes as I'm saying this, and I realized I'm touching myself too. My bad. Um. Yeah, it just good. Good-looking people are just. They, is there they any, live in a different world? But is there anything more oh. sad than a good-looking person that fails? Because if you're super good-looking, usually for most of your life, you kind of get by on your looks. You don't develop character, and then once everyone hits a point where it's like you look like an old wizard, where your skin gets wrinkly and stuff, yeah. and your hair falls out, yeah. and once you've lived a life where you're not like. This is, I think, what everyone preaches about, like, trying to be hard or creating something of substance out of your life or your soul or your personality. It's like if you've been given this life where you just kind of float through and people let things happen because you look good, but then one day you don't. It's sad to see someone that doesn't understand who they are as an individual or bring something of value to any group, any Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. Oh, bro, when uh, when Jen and I first started dating fucking 17 years ago or whatever it was, I remember her saying, she's like, I don't need to know how to change a tire. People always stop and help me with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> always so nice. And I was like, yeah, t- yeah, yeah. They're, they're nice to right you because you're, no shit. Cause you're, cause you're gorgeous, right? Yeah. And uh, Adam Carolla has this theory he always talks about on his podcast where he says, you know, all these women – like Hollywood starlets, the reason they all go crazy when they hit middle age is because they go from age 15 to like 40 with the entire world wanting to fuck them. So everybody's really nice to them. And the honest, he's like, you could be in a room with all the biggest male celebrities, sports stars, whatever. He goes, the most popular person in that room is a hot 27 year old woman. 
Yeah. And she doesn't have to be in any movie or magazine as long as she's pretty and has a nice figure. She's the most popular person in the room. And so these women grow up with, or they spend their entire adult life with everybody falling all over themselves to help them out. And then they hit a point where now they're just old and yeah. less desirable. And there's other 15 to 40 year old women behind them. Mm-hmm. And it, it fucks with their sense of reality because all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, why is everybody not falling all over themselves to help me with everything all the time? That's yeah. when you end up looking like you've been cut That's up what, That's when you turn into Britney Spears putting all kinds of crazy ass fucking videos on, uh, on the interwebs. Yeah, and yeah, end up yeah. with all the plastic surgery in the world yeah. and everything else, yeah. yeah. That's what, it makes you think like, uh, it's not, not saying it's sad. I mean, there is a little aspect of it that's sad, but just what, what's the purpose of life then if you don't develop character or like your identity? It's almost like the opposite of femininism. Where we need a feminine, you get punched in the face, my Kozak. The very feminine, but it also is like anti the divine feminine, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know what I mean? If the divine feminine is feminine, is in the middle at the centered place where your soul and spirit should be, then you have. Wide to the left is feminism, and wide to the right is sex symbol. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or, or vice versa. It doesn't really matter which, but but both detract from the divine feminine. Well, that's an interesting thing too, because just because you're feminine doesn't mean you're sexy, and just because you're sexy doesn't mean you I, have I do. Feminine well, no, I think about feminine, you. like women who carry themselves with true femininity, yeah. like divine feminine, are very beautiful. Yeah, but like, and, and they're not—they're not always we, like magazine, like like Playboy bunny beautiful. But that's what I mean. There's a like different, a dainty, yeah. like I can't do anything for myself, and I need a man. Like that's yeah. that's not it. It's just comfortable in their own skin and who who they are and what's happening. And it's yeah. okay to be. Yeah. It's okay to be subservient in certain areas because I understand that that is what it is. And admitting, like, there's nothing that pisses me off more. Than a chick who's like, I could fuck you up. And it's like, <laughs> you are living in the wrong <laughs> realm. realm. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't understand. Like, and it just, at that point, you're just, you're crazy. And I remember going to school with girls that, like, had that, like, chip on their shoulder. Like, they could walk around and beat somebody up. And yeah. it's like, you need to stop. Yeah. We had, like, we had a girl come out for high school football my senior year, and she got absolutely wrecked on the first day of full pads. <laughs> oh, and my God. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was you almost can't sad. See them. You, can't, you can't tell. Everybody looks, you know, they're the seeing everybody. Yeah, I remember I was a polling guard and caught a girl who was an end. <laughs> it was Jordan. A did defensive it. end, and here I came. I'm polling. I'm just, and all of a sudden I just see this chick, uh, a, a, a body. Yeah. And yeah. then I just see eyes turn, and I'm like, "Those, are, that's a girl." It's a lot of mascara. Boom! Yeah. And I just, I think she left the game. Yeah, probably. And it was just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, you feel kind of bad, but you don't know in the moment because you're seeing jersey, football helmet, and you realize as you're making contact, like this is way too easy, or like, oh, this it, person yeah. is. It's it's almost like there are weak men who come into the gym. We've talked about this before. You put your hands on them, and you realize right away that like. This person has no muscle and no strength, and I'm just going to slam them to the mat by grabbing hold of their sleeve yeah. and pushing downwards. And you feel kind of bad about it. Well, and I, you would feel eons worse about it if you realized it was a, a woman. Yes. 
it's uh it's funny when it and when it's not a lack of muscle mm-hmm. it's a lack of knowing how to use your muscle. aggression yeah and like because there, there's that too where you grab yeah. a hold of a guy and they're like they're like looks like they look strong and then you grab a hold of them and they're the balance isn't there they're not sure David Potts? how to <laughs> 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 Poor guy. No, but that's what it is. I mean, Potts looks like a fucking Greek god, but I remember the first time I went with him, it was like, dude, for how strong you are, I can kind of move you around. And right. now he had, he had to learn to get his base, but now he has. But it. now the guy's been going there for a while, and I wrestled. I went with him like two weeks ago, and it's like, oh motherfucker, you yeah. learn how to get a base, and yeah. just learning where your your structure is that made you faster. He's starting to cut angles uh-huh. and stuff, and it's like starting yeah, to fuck people up. Yeah, like, oh, dude, oh, no. yeah, it's like, oh, no. ooh, I want to watch this guy keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it felt it felt wrong to. It felt like I was ear holing somebody. You know what yeah. that is? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. When they just, when I've they watched Japanese porn before. <laughs> I know what ear holing is, my friend. <laughs> uh, when somebody, when somebody doesn't see it coming and you hit them, uh, it felt like that. But I think she was looking right at me. I was in like eighth grade. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, yeah. Oops. Yep. But you know, it's what it is. You gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. It's, I mean, but that's being in MMA and stuff and you are at MMA gyms. Do you ever meet lesbians that you're like, dude, this is where you belong? Oh yeah, no, there's outliers for sure. And like I, incredible athletes and they're strong, but, but I, just not but, even the strength part of it. It's like your personality is a dude. You're not trying to put on any front like yeah. even if this wasn't you just doing this because you love it. Yeah, no, I I uh yeah. I I've seen that. I've yeah. seen that. Um, but it makes that Nunez or whatever that uh, Amanda Amanda is it Amanda Nunez in the UFC? Yeah, she she's knocked a, out. She's a lesbian, right? Oh, I mean, I think a lot of them are. Let's well, be no, they're not. And I know Tisha Torres. I know Nunez. The gnarliest girl fighters I've personally met, not lesbian at all. And could you imagine? Yes. Could you savages. imagine dating a woman who was like a top ten UFC fighter? Yeah. Like, I, hey, Jordan, I, take out the trash. Okay. Hey Mike, you gonna pick up your uh, pick up your socks no. off the floor? Oh yeah, I'll be right there. No, I'd be starting fights everywhere, <laughs> and some guy would be like, "Yeah, you want to go outside and be fuck yeah? Let me get my girlfriend real quick, and she's gonna beat your ass." <laughs> Send her in for, for the heavy for a lifting. brief moment. I dated a UFC fighter. Did you really? Yeah. How was that? What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Uh, uh, Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, she wasn't in the UFC at the time, but then a year or two later, she ended up getting a contract and going to the UFC. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to say any names. No. Obviously. Did you notice a difference with her drive than other girls? Like, uh, there, was she... there was. When she fucked very, you from very... behind, was it more <laughs> passionate or. Yeah. There, there was a time uh, we were fooling around and <laughs> jumped on top of me, and I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't move. Like I, I couldn't literally mount it. I didn't mean like that. That I meant not the drive in the bedroom. No, but I, like, I understand. Oh, I, I took we, it as that. I, <laughs> I, I was just going off of what uh, Tobin was saying. No, uh, there was absolutely a, well, it's just any sport. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It's, it's an athlete. Yeah. an athlete's yeah, yeah. an athlete, right? Like yeah. in whatever, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be an athlete. Like 
anybody who has a passion for something and they're yeah, there's, truly there's ballerinas and who are driven yeah right? and they're truly well there's there's business women that are driven and they're yeah. truly trying to like get to do the you, top of their field and do the I best like they this can. this is leading to an interesting thing it's making me think do you think driven women are more relatable to the average man like so like like no, a high performance no, I, athlete or a high performance business woman maybe as far as friendship goes not romantic relationship like you can be a friend yeah, with them. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. you're also someone who's. Dri- I guess it depends on your personality. I think it depends on when I see a, a, I see an athlete, a woman athlete, who's pushing it. I know when she's pushing it, but then when, and this maybe I'm wrong in saying this or thinking this, but when I see a woman who is going to end up being in charge of other humans. And what the fuck they have to do on a daily basis, not relatable at all. The it feels like they're trying to make up for chip on the shoulder. Yes, there's always there's, a chip on the shoulder. It, it it's feels, the lady at McMinimins again. It, yeah. yeah, there's there's like yeah. I, proving. I yes, I'm gonna prove to you that I can do this job, whether or not I have to fucking chop off heads or not. And it's yeah. like because like you, everybody always talks about it. You guys talk about it. Uh, I think on our last podcast. Um, uh, with Manny, we were talking about it where a good leader makes you feel like you want to work for them. Yes. Yeah. Like the best leaders, yes. it's like, I'm going to run through a fucking wall for this person. No. I haven't felt that with a female leader. Yeah. I always feel like I am under a Ooh, thumb. That's a good point. And it's, yeah. and yeah. it's, they're trying, to, they're trying to do their best it's to flex like, whatever authority they have. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not working because I want to do this. I'm working because I have to do this. And yep. you're utilizing your 100%. position as opposed to making me uh, feel like a valued person. I am now a number. And that's very like, yeah. at that point it's cold. Yep. And it's like, yeah. well, I have to be cold because I don't want to be too warm because I don't want to be taken advantage of. Yep. So it's got to be a tough place for a woman to be. Yeah. And I'm sure there's spots there that like no i i disagree i think leadership is a soft skill and it's one of those it's just like uh it's like we covered when we did talk to mata is it's more about relating to people so i would almost think that theoretically women should be better at it because i think they have better interpersonal skills Mm -hmm. but i think they do get that sort of um it's maybe a little bit of an inferiority complex or something and they think they have to come across as tough you know what i take that back I take that back. I, I have worked for, um, I've worked for a lady, um, who was absolutely amazing. Okay. Um, but we're also very close. Yeah. Okay. So there's there that at that point it was, it was a little different. Yeah. Um, well that's another thing too, is I don't treat subordinates. I treat them as friends unless they fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And even then at first I'll treat them as friends who made a mistake and then if it continues, then it's I start. Pattern. Then I start to like pull Separate. out the put on my boss pants, right? Yeah, um, my bossy pants. Yeah, <laughs> my bossy. I put on my bossy pants. Um, That's a good point, though. I mean, I think you have to earn respect, and you have to earn disrespect. Yeah, That's for no matter what it is. But respect is not earned by flexing authority. Re- respect is earned by getting in the Doing trenches and taking care of taking but care yeah, of the people yeah, who yeah. work for you, and showing a little interest in you show interest in their well being. And then they want to go the extra mile for you because they appreciate it. It's very simple. Like it's not difficult concepts. Being a boss or being a leader in any of my roles, it's like I never come in with, I try not to come in with 
predetermined like judgment on someone. Like I said, it's like you have to earn my respect and you have to earn my disrespect. And I think like the idea of that someone has to be seen as like, I'm, I'm this and I'm in this position, so I need a strong authority. I think that's no matter what the sex is, that's just a weak human being. Yeah. And maybe we're jaded, you know, I, cause it's like, you look back at it and it's like, dude, we have a lot of good leadership in our lives but there's from strong people. There's a, there's a difference between getting into a position because you've earned it and getting into a position because you were appointed it because like the, the Biden optics. administration. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, in, in all politics yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point, just like, a, yeah, yeah, you know, um, there, there are people that are getting put into, you know, uh, CEO level fucking positions. I don't know what all the numbers are. Well, LFO, you cross the BDO, box and you feel yeah. all the O's. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You're talking about like uh, there was just the big controversy, like the heads of like Harvard and Penn and was it Yale or Princeton or whatever that testified in front of Congress. And they said some egregious shit about Jews, basically. And then, yeah. uh, and, then <laughs> and then, it, much, and then yeah. it came out that the the Harvard, the president of Harvard, plagiarized her her doctoral thesis. And they're like, uh, and they're all standing behind her. She's a black female. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she checks all these EO boxes, and Harvard gets to say, "We have a black female president. Look how, look how uh, elite and accepting and diverse we are." Inclusive, or what, what are they called? All diversity, the inclusivity, and equity. Or DEI, equity. diversity, equity, yeah. and inclusivity, which is complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for the colleges to crash. Oh, hard. I, I hope they My do. My biggest reasoning is I always, like Mata said, he's like, dude, follow the money, follow mm -hmm. the trail. But, okay. And it's like, look at how much endowments like Harvard takes in, and you're yeah, like, wait. Billions per year is how much you get donated. Yeah. What in the fuck are you up to? Yeah. Well, so I think that Diversity. We're, we're starting to. <laughs> yeah, inclusion. <laughs> well, and not even starting to, but there's like um, to be an athletic trainer for a high school, you have to have a master's degree. Do you really? Starting next year or some shit. Holy shit. Now. Why the this fuck? is the guy who tapes ankles before football games? Yes, <laughs> oh, <fuck>. yeah, yes. <laughs> it's 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 fucking wild, right? Oh my God. But but when you think about it, you go, okay, well, what does that mean? It means we are putting more fucking bullshit to go to college. So some college is paying some fucking guy uh, or some government entity to say, to some say certifying board. we need you to have this. And if we, you do this, we're going to make more money because we're going to have people in master's programs to do these jobs. Yeah. So we're going to see a fucking shortage of, um, trainers, trainers because you're going to have to have a fucking master's degree to do it. So in order to do that, and that's going to also end up being a, I'm sure a higher paying job at that point, but either way, you're, now dealing with there is a fucking university in bed with the government somehow making these fucking laws pass. Oh yeah. Like, well, I think they've been involved since student loans and when you cannot default on the student loan yeah. and when the government says, here's an avenue for this, just the way. Well, I think what's happening is people are realizing that you don't need a college degree to make it in the world. So there's going to be less college degrees, Less people are going to college, I think, because I hope they're so. like, I can, I can yeah, probably get it. by without it. And now they're like, well, we got to fucking make sure you can't. So let's fucking put all these stipulations on um, 
so you have to go to become an apprentice now or to become an electrician. Now you have to yeah. go to an accredited, uh, think about how many bachelor's degrees we have working in the trades. Yeah. Oh, there's tons. There's tons. We have a bunch of, I know guys with their masters. fucking, yeah, masters. Yeah. I know the other day I, a guy as a carpenter, he's got his masters and he's a carpenter Yeah. and he's like, you know, head labor guy, but still he's a carpenter. Yeah, and you asked, why'd you come into the trades? Like, well, I want to make some money. Yeah. And I have a political yeah. science degree. Yeah. Did I ever tell you when I went into firefighting school? No. I've never told you guys this. Oh, I, I know you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I off a of ninety highway ninety there. Well, yeah, I did the academy up in North Bend and stuff. But uh, like nine eleven happened, and I could care less about firefighters. <laughs> I mean, that's bad to say, especially right then. But nine uh, eleven happened. I was like, oh, that's a big national tragedy. I'm gonna keep doing Mike. And I was longboarding. My buddy was going to Seattle U, and we're longboarding at night. Like, he got done with class. We'd, I'd go there, you know, you're 21 or so, and it's, like, 2 in the morning is when the night just starts. Mm-hmm. We'd longboard till, like, 4, 5, 6 in the morning, and we'd go to uh, University of Washington, hit the parking garage, mm-hmm. start, take the elevator, yep. go all the way up, do the trails, do everything, do the hills of Seattle. Anyways, we are doing that, and we stopped at a park, and a, uh, all of a sudden we, I hear this glass cracking behind us. And we look back, and there is a house on fire. It's like, oh, shit, this is nuts. And so I run up to see it, and it was like a retirement center with all kinds of old and disabled people. So I ran in. I got the fire out that was in the kitchen. I was helping get people out, and I was like, that was awesome. I want to be a firefighter. Granted, this was like months after 9-11. Yeah. So I enrolled in the Everett Fire Department program through the community college. And it's fucking me. You know, and then everyone else is like, well, I did four years of law school and then I decided, you know what? I need my doctorate. But then 9-11 happened and I thought there's more to life than this. I need to prove who I am. I'm going to become a firefighter. And they're like, what do you do? And it's like, uh, I, I sell weed and longboard. Yeah, I, I longboard <laughs> and I sell cell phones part time at a kiosk. What do you do? And I just felt like a piece of shit, though. Like, it was crazy. It's like so many people overqualified for a job. It's like, you should be designing skyscrapers. Why are you trying to be a grunt? But I... Hang on. That's that's In your next life, do you want to be Mike Kozak? (laughs) Just a dude in the world, living your life, (laughs) fucking... Just the dude. The dude. I mean, Lebowski. I I love life, dude. Mike Lebowski. I'm very happy. That's what Tyler... I was talking to Tyler... This is probably a week or two ago, and he's like, he was talking about the different levels of ascension and blah blah, and it's it's he's going deep, you know what I mean? My eyes probably started to glaze over a little bit, and he's like, "Listen, we're all just trying to get to Kozak's level." <laughs> he said that to me last time, last night. I'm like, "What in the fuck are you talking about, dude?" I struggled just like all of you. Just got to smile while you do it. Uh, uh. What were you saying, Jordan? Sorry, I cut you off. I. Uh, can't remember (laughs) must have been good it happens but yeah it's weird to think that like a trade that is more manual labor like what do you do once you start to make classifications of you need this pretense to do it before you can do this job and then you start to get people that are driven with doctorates master's degrees stuff like that and it's like why why in one way, I could get it. It's like maybe you're trying to raise the overall skill level of this trade as a group. 
but it's not really happening. It's not like you go to work and someone's like, well, I have this, I have this doctorate in theoretical science and I'm going to apply it to how we install conduit and wiring. It's like, no, you have guidelines that the state writes that you have to follow for safety and insurance and proper construction. Well, and, and the boards that knew if you use this particular kind of fastener, they're going to get paid. Yeah. So they make you have yeah. to do that. Yeah, or the, yeah, the yeah. copper companies that say, we need to have a redundant ground. And I, I will actually but, yeah. say that having a, uh, having a background in physical science goes a long way as an electrician or a plumber, understanding mechanical concepts. Oh, absolutely. And, and electrical theory. And honestly, what we get into trigonometry in our apprenticeship schooling and whatnot. So, um, you don't need to go to college, but you definitely need to be mathematically and scientifically minded to do well in those in those 100%. in those roles. But just the same way that it's like, yes, it, I believe in continual education. I think you guys can all agree that I think it's good to expand your mind and keep learning as much as possible. But just for the same reason, it's like, well, why do you need a master's degree to be a PE teacher? Why, you know, yep. it's like you're teaching a bunch of snot-nosed booger eaters how to do because, jumping yeah. jacks. Because we and want you to have a certain level of uh, indoctrination before yeah. you start indoctrinating before the, interact with the kids. Yes, 100%. We want you to go through our fucking school before we can verify that you're going to be able to teach yeah. the youth of the country. Not for any other reason. Besides, we want you to control their minds like we're controlling yours. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting idea to think about, like, the Mao Zedong effect of, like, taking over the youth or, like, how do you change a society? It's not based off of laws. It's the Mao Zedong of, effect or the Rockefeller effect? Like, the Mao Zedong where it's through the youth and culture. Is or through how, the public school system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And it's like the next generation is how you do it. And I remember going to school. My dad, growing up, my dad was always like, you go to college, you go to college. Yeah, same with my parents. And it just, I mean, I did college and I did classes and I wanted to pursue the things that I liked, but it was never like, that's a path towards becoming an engineer. It's like, I want to do a little bit of physics and I want to do cooking classes. I had an interesting interaction. When I first got out of the army, I enrolled at a junior college just because I didn't know what else to do. And I was getting GI bill money. And I took a uh, philosophy class and the teacher was a hardcore lefty woman. Um, <coughs> and I learned really quickly in her class that when I turned in my essays, if I wrote like the first couple I wrote just whatever was in my mind and it was more lean toward masculine. And obviously I'm coming out of the Ranger regiment, like fresh out weeks out. And <laughs> she did not like me at all. I could imagine. And so about halfway through that class, I realized if I just regurgitate and she would, she would get up in front of us and bluster and blah, blah, blah. And she was very enamored with herself. And she clearly thought she was yeah. this highly enlightened sort of scholar of philosophy and sciences and blah, blah, blah. I know the type. Yeah. And, uh, last night. <laughs> and so halfway through the class, I was like, I'm just going to do a little social experiment here. I'm going to pad this bitch's ego and I'm going to regurgitate everything she says in, into, Black. My, into yeah. my next essays. Uh, and I did that and I got A minuses and A pluses where she had been giving me C minuses for writing what I actually thought 
previous to that. And I was like, oh shit, this is, this is how easy college is. If I just regurgitate what you say, you're going to give me a good grade. I'll get out of here with a, a good uh, GPA and be able to show that to a potential employer. Well, they talk about how much right-wing people and stuff live in their own bias bubble. And it's like, yeah, look at everybody, academia yeah. and every institution. It's like, yeah, you got a guy that just defended your freedom so you can be a Birkenstock wool sock wearing hippie with your homemade pottery coffee mug. But the guy that is writing about truth and grit and stuff, you don't like him because you see him as a villain. Yeah. But that villain is what gives you the ability to do your job. Yeah. And that idea of it really truly does take a community. You need your savages and you need your weirdos. And if you get just one group of one, everything's tipped and off balance. Mm -hmm. You need a good diversity. Yeah. And it's like, why? that's, I think, maybe the problem everyone's struggling with. It's like, dude, you have to love, maybe it's... I don't know. As much as it sucks to say maybe you love your abusive father, but it's like that motherfucker maybe made you the person you were. Well, it did. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. it's like once you get over the pain and accept, yeah, you can push bad people out of your life and negative situations, but is that what all of this is? Like so much of this hate of one side's better than the other or what? we're right and the other one isn't is because you can't see – where your life starts and stops and where like the community life starts yeah. and stops. I think You're it's mad at everything like that lady. She probably was fucked over by men or had bad situations in the past. And now the problem is a patriarchy. It's not your own individual shit. I, th I think it's intellectual and emotional weakness created by living in an echo chamber. So when you live in your echo chamber and you're, surrounded by people who sort of parrot the same ideas all the time and you never have any diversity of thought or conversation it's just like lift like how do you make your muscles stronger you go push against something heavy right so how do you make your intellect and your emotions stronger push you, you push against something so if no one ever challenges your ideas or challenges your emotions they just get weaker they just yeah. they atrophy and that that's what we have especially here on the west coast where yeah the, the entire, you know, Seattle is an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Portland is an echo chamber. Olympia is an echo chamber where all these sort of, you know, super leftist people just sit around and, and shout the same ideas back and forth at each other. And they never have to, just like we talked about earlier when you said, can you define the patriarchy for me? Explain this to me. No, she can't because she's never had to. She just sits around with other people who are like, yeah, fuck the patriarchy. Let's burn it down. And nobody ever thinks to say like, wait, what exactly is that? Well, maybe that's the biggest problem through all of this. Like, and I f think this a lot that the place that when you're youngest and you have the most radical ideas, colleges are the place you're supposed to go in. Like, that's the octagon of thought. Like, you're supposed to challenge these ideas. Yeah, it, and now it that was. it was, it is not anymore. And now that that and that that, that changed. Realm, I think that changed in the late nineties. Because by the time I was in this college in 2000, this would have been 2004 that I was at this junior college. And it was very much, a, and Bellingham is also a, a very leftist like bubble. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, our parents' generation, they grew up in a time when probably the, the professors and the administration leaned a little more conservative just because they were coming out of World War II. And so our parents were now the liberals 
anti-war, anti-establishment. So you had a collision of ideas on the college campus, and that was good. Like it, that, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a good. The college campus is supposed to be a place where ideas collide, and they get intermixed. And they, you know, think about when you when two when two objects slam into each other, there's an annihilation, and then an intermixing of all the the particles, blah blah blah. And that's what the campus was for ideas. Yeah. And then slowly, as our parents' generation aged and took over the administration, took over the faculty, now it just became an echo chamber because they realized they could control the narrative of the country by mm -hmm. controlling the ideas of the youth coming up behind them. And then critical thinking was lost in favor of just rote memorization, which is also what the public schools K through 12 do. Just rote memorization, you get rewarded for memorizing and filling out your bubble sheet correctly. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, of that's, what we want you to regurgitate. Yes. Yeah. No I've been thinking. No Go ahead. No, I said no doubt. <laughs> For sheezy. For show. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about what power is in different types of power structure. Like what? Hang on, hang on. Is it's this an electron? Can we take a break uh, and come back with yeah. power structure and what power is? Yeah. All right, we'll be back. We hit cruising altitude. Cruising altitude, folks. Power structure. Actually, hang on. Before we talk power structure, Ding. I want to crown Mike and I for our eating performance last night. Oh, eating? Uh, eating. You guys ate. Ate. I thought we, you guys cooked. Oh, no, no. We didn't cook a fucking thing. Okay. Lazy man. Greg had the, uh, the UFC fights on at the gym, and everybody was invited out there, but he and I went to Mexican food first. So we, we destroyed some Mexican food, then showed up at the gym, not thinking there would be food there. Yeah. But a bunch of people showed up with... What do you call it? Like the meat and cheese plates? Charcuterie. Char it kind of turned into a potluck. Like yeah. normally in the past, it's like Greg will get the fights and it's like, oh, everyone brings a 12 pack, you know, or say whatever beer they want. Uh -huh. And it's like maybe someone brings some chips. Yeah. And this time it was like, we are the ass. Dude, we came with a 12 pack so, of someone beer. Someone brought like five pounds of wings. I think Phil like smoked five pounds of wings. Yeah. So there was this huge thing. How many plates did you eat at the fights after Mexican food? Well, I did a lot of damage. <laughs> I think I, think I crushed Chex four Mix. plates. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you that. But I was the slow burn. I let everyone initially go and get their plates. And it's like, look at you assholes eating all this. And then end of the fights, no one's looking. Snuck Slide over there. like the yeah, special ops. Couple last chicken wings and blue cheese. Dude, and those Chex Mix were like, it was a Chex mix with chocolate Cheerios and like the the Chex with like the powdered chocolate, sugar, over powdered the top sugar or and chocolate yeah. in uh, it. Muddy Buddies. Muddy but dude, is that I'm, what it's called? Yeah. All right. What's a guy from Chappelle Show? Tyrone Bigsby. I must have looked like a crackhead <laughs> with all that powdered sugar around my face. I loved. It. I couldn't stop it's it, so and it good. had M and M's in it, red it's and green so for Christmas. I was, I was oh. picking around the M and M's. Oh, you get out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. But it's like the worst thing, like laying in bed last night. It's like the worst thing for your gut because it's like <laughs> charcuterie board. So it's like a bunch of hard cheese and swamis. And then you're like, let me eat some muddy buddies. <laughs> and you're like, I don't feel good laying down. Tummy's bubbling. Man. Yeah, I wish I would have been able to make time, get up there because I left the tournament. It was, it was a lot more fun than arguing with a feminist. Oh, dude. I don't know. I think I just said a it very right. a very manly feminist. I find joy in weird things. I wish I was there with you on I, that I, one. I, yeah, I, I wish part, I, had, I actually was thinking. I wish too. I had a couple backup buddies because I was yeah. I was fucking I was in the 
trenches by myself. <laughs> you were deep, I was dude. out there behind enemy lines, <laughs> just trying to get back. And oh uh, yeah. you're accepting a dildo. You're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're making a lot of good points. It could yeah. fit. Yeah. yeah. Let <laughs> me see that thing. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. It was just not. It was not a good night. I mean, the, the tournament. It's never night. Awesome, and that was all f- on cloud nine. How long were you at that wrestling tournament? Weren't you there from dusk till dawn? Uh, pretty much dawn till dusk. Uh, yeah, we no uh, longer than that because the days there, are short right I now. I got there at six. Yeah, you were there uh, for like twelve hours. Yeah, I got there at six Oof. and left at like eight thirty. Oh, 14 and a half hours. Then. Yeah, that, and that's pretty standard. Do they pay you? Uh, not uh, like you'd think. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> High fives. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a labor of love. You know, yeah. when you're when you're coaching, you don't coach to make any money. Sure. Okay. I I get paid, but it's like it covers gas really at the end of the year. Got it. Okay. Um, with yeah, it you know it is what it is, but it's 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 fun to see. You're not you're not feeding four kids. dogs on that salary, huh? No, 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 no. You're it, it's cool to see like young kids like find themselves in uh you know, uh, a rough sport where they're, they're have they're having to look in inside and go, okay, this is what I'm made of. Yeah. And then you're, you're creating the next generation of guys that can get after it. That's fucking and cool. And it's, it's fun as shit to see like the improvement from a kid who doesn't like, doesn't is, I don't want to say adverse to violence, but like slightly timid, timid. It's, it's yeah. just what we said. When you see guys walk into the gym and, and they don't, you know. know they don't know how to use their muscle. Yeah, and they're they're like, okay, well, how do I push? Like, how what's too rough? And then it's like, no, this is a physical sport. Yeah, and then like I'll I'll have kids like jack each other in the chest, or I'll do it first, right? Like, yeah, they'll they'll be Get standing there and they'll they'll be like kind of like being soft hand like, um, oh please take that God that cl- <laughs> that was his teeth. Um, <laughs> oh, on a beer you opened that up with your teeth. Oh, he tried. Oh, that was, scared. That's yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, but it, it, it's cool to see that that and like like I said, I'll have kids like who don't want to like hurt each other or don't want to hurt somebody in fear of like retaliation of like, well, if I hit him, he's gonna hit me, and it's oh, like, boy. okay, I want you to hit him in his chest as hard as you can. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, no, come on, hit him, and then pretty soon they're like cracking each other and it's like okay you're not gonna hurt him do it to him oh okay and then all of a sudden they're just beating the shit out of each other and it's like there you go guys like okay now we got that out of the way now let's now let's learn you know but like to to get those kind of moments and you see them and like the light come on for kids and like that or, or we have girls on the team too and like seeing the the difference in their um one one girl was scared to be in a singlet. Next thing you know, she's walking around in like a spandex suit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just like the the mind changes of like self confidence. Self confidence goes yeah. up, and they start realizing like this is okay, and like it just it's all new to them. So you see this like this. Yeah, it's a maturation. Like you, yeah. yeah, and they're at a formidable age where that's important. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. They got their balls need to drop. Yeah. Also, you're developing grit. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that is a very... It's the best. It's it's the it's, most important quality in a person. Yes, I think grit. And I learned grit. I did wrestling. I didn't learn grit until my early 20s in MMA. But I really feel it developed not only like a philosophy of fighting and a philosophy of um, 
enduring shitty circumstances and how to pursue through it and be strong, but also like for life, like life is not a series a of grind. like everything's great, 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 great. And it keeps going on that trajectory. Life did is you, like a roller coaster. Did you wrestle in high school or just a junior high year? Uh, junior high and then high, I wrestled ninth grade and then 10th grade and then halfway through 10th grade. I'm like, this is stupid. I could be so yeah. boring. Yeah, I need to go back to choir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where all the girls are? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. no, I stopped in 10th grade halfway through it uh, just – my dad was a ski instructor mm-hmm. and he loved it and he he wrestled too back in the day but and he thought it was good for me to wrestle but he was like do you want to go skiing and i was yeah, like yeah and he's like well when you want to go you got wrestling i'm like what if i skip it and he's like well we could go skiing and then that just divulged into friday saturday oh every weekend i feel like that's gonna be me and my kids because all re- last oh, year the mountains are the best yeah last year landon was like I took the boys skiing on a Saturday, and we get back, and he's like, Dad, do you know what my favorite thing is in the entire world? I said, no, just skiing. Yeah. Was spending time with you on the mountain. Yeah, man. no, he said skiing. <laughs> and I was like, Roger that. We're skipping school Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Working. It's awesome. Fuck, I'd like to go with you guys. Yeah. That would be fun. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to make a – I'm making a point of going to bunch this year with the boys up at Mount Baker, so I'll let okay. you guys know when yeah. we're headed up. I love Baker. I haven't gone in so long. Do you ski or snowboard, Jordan? I've snowboard. I've never skied. And dude, I don't. I don't. I used to be really good. I grew up. My dad was also a patroller, like a volunteer patroller on the weekends. So I grew up on skis, and I was I was pretty shit hot in my twenties. And I don't even try anymore. But to just go slide along behind the boys and watch them try to get it, and they start whooping and hollering, and you you yeah. know exactly what they're feeling because it's that same feeling that you had, and you're like. Yeah. I just want to go skiing every weekend because yeah. I, I just want that That's feeling. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to just sort of slide around behind them and watch them go through all that is like, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah, I, I'd like to try skiing. Skiing's awesome. I, I like it better than boarding. I, I boarded mm. for a couple of years. And deep powder, a snowboard is amazing. But now the ski technology fat, has fat caught up. skis and deep powder is yeah. great. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I have like not tried those. flat fat plank skis yet because they didn't yeah. exist when I was yeah, yeah, yeah. when I lived in Bellingham. My cousin Adam and I, we used to say we don't get out of bed for less than eight inches. And if yeah. It, yeah, 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 yeah. At, yeah. at Mount Baker, we got out of bed a lot of days because they get a shitload of snow up there. And it's a lot of times it's wet by noon. So you got to get up there, get first chair while the snow's still light and fluffy. And by like 11, 12 o'clock, you're like, mm, it's getting slushy and heavy. Let's, let's knock it off. But that, those couple of winters up there, and I switched to snowboarding then because all my toenails were turning black and falling <laughs> from off. Your boots. From yeah, trying yeah. to get my tips <laughs> yeah. up in, yeah. in those skinny skis. Been there. So I tried to snowboard. Did you have pa- parabolics or straights still? They were they were my dad's old straights from like. 19- oh, I was Jesus still running my dad's Christ. skis that were probably 1982s or something like that. Did they cross uh, country skis? Did they near. did they have it where uh, the forks come down when your boot comes out, or did yeah. you still no, have the no, straps no, no, around no. They, your they, leg? No, I had the spring loaded brakes. Okay. Okay. Um, they they were they were shit hot rosinols, buddy. Rosinols, yeah. amazing. And then I rented a board and tried that, and I was immediately hooked. So I spent yeah. a couple of years boarding, just chasing big powder, and that was fucking awesome. Oh, Mike's time in community college, I learned that if to get like a season's pass at the mountains was eight hundred dollars, but if you were a student, it was like two hundred and seventy five dollars. Oh, nice. So register for a class and drop it. <laughs> well, I mean, I did it for two years, and then I f- 
kept doing that for another three years. Uh, but I was, I was a ski bum. Yeah. I, even my work, I would work Saturdays so I could have Sunday, Monday off, which were the slowest days at the slopes. Everyone goes Saturday, but Sundays not, I mean, dude, the amount of bones I've broken in terrain parks. Oh, I went oh, to geez. snowboard camp yeah. in, uh, Oregon, uh, fucked myself up. Fuck I, I never had any interest in the freestyle stuff. I always just liked big terrain and deep snow. Yeah. And oh, I, I just like that awesome. sensation yeah. of surfing a cloud on like, and the steeper, the better. And you just surf that cloud going fast as shit and everything's smooth. And there's like no sound because the snow damp, you know, that, that quiet sound of like, yeah, but here's where we get to meet the two of surfing and like mountain biking. The best thing is I would, we would go like, so we do Whistler, we do Utah, we do areas where the vertical is at a decent height and we would hire like guides to take us like on their lines. Oh, nice. And I loved it because you hit deep powder like that and you have someone take you off a 30 foot drop off. A, they're like, Oh, there's a 30 foot drop here. You drop down, you hit this little shelf, you ski out. And then you take this, this shoot between this crevasse. And then there's another drop. And, uh, like there's a big parallel, like the excitement I get from mountain biking. When you go on some of those technical courses, snowboarding in the back country or skiing in the back country or doing some of those, it, it, it still hits those same kind of brain registers where it's like, you're free, yeah. oh, dude. but it's also like, I'm doing something beyond wild. I'm yeah. a, I'm a yeah. sweet Ollie can can as I do it. <laughs> you know, like when we go hunting, you know, and riding down, it's like, I look at Tobin it's like, we're all riding down the same fucking trail, but he's tail whipping and doing little, like, you know, <laughs> you're doing yeah. little moves and that's yeah. what it's, it's fun to do something that's kind of at height and sense like that, but then also get good at it where you're like, Watch his nose grab, you know, yeah. as you do it. Yeah. I love skiing. I love the snow. Yeah. I love being a ski bum. Yes. Dude. Oh, oh so when oh, those years, yeah, oh. that's when I was contracting with the agency. So I was living like the war, like, life. yeah, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was, it was like a, a super duality style of living to where like highly regimented and disciplined overseas and, and doing military operations. And then I would come home for like three to five weeks at a time. And in, in the winter, it was just like total ski bum, like ski hippie. Yeah. No. I liked going to Whistler because they would hire Commonwealths. So it was a lot of people from like uh, uh, China, England, Australia, all anywhere Britain's had their foot in the empire um, throughout the world. But I always thought. Australian snowboarder girls were the most fun. Oh, only it because was, they're all up at Whistler. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we would go, buddies and I would go to Whistler specifically. It's like, let's go snowboard with the Australian yeah. girls. And you'd find one and it'd be like a unicorn. And they would make you feel like a pussy. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> like, oh, That's man. not a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I always heard that Australian girls, uh, like there, there's more more girls than guys in Australia. Is there? So like. I'm, I'm recently single. Maybe I should head down. <laughs> Yeah, go down, down under. under. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be his first time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a uh, um, like where it just was super easy. So I had a, a buddy who went to school down there, and he said that he was like, <laughs> they'd go out to bars and hang out, and uh, the, the guys just would want to fight, 
they drink and yeah. fight, and then like if they felt keen, like they'd grab a girl, and it was just like what what they did. Yeah. And uh, he said one time they're sitting there, and some girl walks up to talk to uh, one of his buddies or like one of the guys at the table, and like kind of, and he looks at her and goes. Can't you see I'm talking to my friends right now? And <laughs> 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 basically Holy just shit. was like, I'm t- I'm talking with my friends, and in a little bit, maybe I'll come over there and talk to you. Yeah. Like, but he was just like, oh, I was shooting fish in a barrel out there. Australians are crazy. <clears throat> like, hang I've on, had, are they are they really as tough as we stereotype them as in America? Not. Hang because okay, yes, yes. No. no, hang on. I, I want to make a point here, yeah, which go. is that I have the same sort of envisionment of Australians is they're all sort of these rough and tumble, like box it out with you, then go wrestle a kangaroo or something like that. But then when the COVID lockdowns came, that entire country folded like a fucking rag. Not the people, the government did. No, no, the people allowed it. it. Some of them did. There were so many videos of Australians not happy with what's Yeah, they weren't happy about it and they didn't do a fucking thing about it. Yeah, you don't have a gun. What are you going to do? Riot in the streets and you burn shit down. There was know. ton. Well, was it, some of the best riots were out. Remember were what they? was it? Australian Rambo. Do you remember that no, video during know. COVID, uh-uh. dude? It, I think it was called Australian Rambo, and it was just, dude. That's a nice thing is they don't have guns in Australia, so that's like the nice cop, but the cops don't have guns. Like oh. when there's a riot here, you have, <laughs> dude. So they're like, let's just go. And there was the a guy called Australian <laughs> Rambo and he was jacked and giant and just beating the fuck out of cops. Like I'm not taking your job. <laughs> Fook. God damn. All right. Well, maybe well, I'm being unfair to the Aussies. Well, I think, but that's, I wanted to talk about power, but that's what yeah, power is right into it. But that's what power is. It's like, yeah, you, they weren't happy. And it wasn't the people saying, let's lock us down. The government was telling people, you have to stay in and this is how it has to happen. Yeah, we get that. And And if you don't let it happen. But what tools? America is unique in the way that we have guns allowed in this country. We didn't have to use guns to not have lock. But that's because it's on the table. If you know someone's a psycho because they have a gun, it's going to make you approach a situation. Just the way if you were raiding a building and you're like, hey, these people have machetes or these people are full of machine guns in here, it will change your tactical approach. So with a nation or a country you would have to approach it the same way. And I think... I just think they did not resist very... Uh, Keep going. Oh, oh show Is that you find it's Australian Jordan Rambo? Here, yeah. here we are, <laughs> podcasting while Jordan TikToks. No, Australian Rambo is worth pausing for. Yeah, this is... I mean, yeah. it's pertinent. <laughs> or, or we'll just watch it. We'll just watch it. It's People. pertinent. Uh, yeah. Podca- me, I, Podcast trying. America can listen to us watch it. There it is. Oh, it froze. Welcome to my well, reception. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try it later. Um, but so it makes me think of what power is. I've been thinking a lot about what power structure is and the difference between individual power and collective power. And that individual power is something that is unique because it gives that person confidence and it gives them ability to move forward, Right. And you can lead others with individual power. But once you teach the powers of one to many, like you get a group collective, a group collective power structure 
is stronger than individual power. Always. You can ac- accomplish more with a group than you can accomplish by, by b- with exponential one. Exponential factors. But here's what I'm starting to understand more is that individual power corrupt can sway or distract collective or group power, yes. right? So therefore it can harness collective power through one's nefarious acts. And you look at your worst of the worst social engineering from the first half. Yeah. Yeah. But just how power works and the fact that you're like Australia was many people, they all could have ran out and started writing. And I think a lot of Australians were not happy with how, far their country went with the I'm not COVID talking about their feelings I'm talking about their actions yeah and their lack thereof but it's hard too to get respect when the cops all have the guns and you've just got no, sticks I get, it. And I get it was it was it Australia where the guy was standing there and then all of a sudden they like took his kid to go get vaccinated yeah. or something like that yes Yes, and, and like, he's, he's just kind of like, oh no no and I think they handcuffed him too I'm fighting to the death mm-hmm. if you try to take my children from me when i'm saying no you cannot you have to kill me mm-hmm. straight up but for some reason australia seemed to settle down where canada yeah because they took fucking gave and up and they, they went into they had fucking quarantine camps that they were putting people in, and then they were just going yeah and letting themselves be they were letting themselves being put in quarantine camps but do you that, think, again you have to kill me before i let you put me in a quarantine camp but do you think the australian government backed off because of the people were getting fed up with it. Whereas Canada, no, I, I don't took think they off. backed off at all. And Canada has not backed off at all. Canada either. accelerated. Yeah. But you don't have. And so there is a country where people have guns and they, they did their, their trucker protest was actually impressive. And the government had to Amazing. show their ass Amazing. by sending their SWAT teams out and like dragging truckers out of their cars. We're saying we're going to take your kids because yeah. freezing you're bank harming accounts. them due to, uh, so, but here's, but then here's the frustrating part. The government showed their ass, and the Canadian people didn't do a fucking thing about it. And they've just accepted more yeah, and more and more since then. As that pro, like that trucker rally, I That's followed mo- a lot of it, and you would see every overpass you the was up. full of citizens. No, no, no. More people could have come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people were actually there? That would be a good statistic to know. How many people showed up versus what is the population of Canada? But eventually. Population Canada is thirty four million. That's it's it? as much as California. Yeah, it's Holy tiny. Shit. Yeah. So I, I and I, Australia I, is around the same. About the same. Okay, you guys talk. I'll Google. I'm getting on the Google machine. Well, I, I thought we did this at one point, and because it was like the U.S. Don't fight was with like, Mike and stats. The the U.S. was like three hundred and forty thousand. It's like ten ten times bigger. Million. Ten, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. Ten times plus larger elite, than plus illegal immigrants. Plus, yeah. yeah. I mean, give it 10, 15. Yeah. Undocumented mm-hmm. migrants, we'll call them. <laughs> and that's not just saying it's South American or Mexican. That's no, saying that's it's Chinese from everywhere. It's, yeah. yeah, those dirty Canadians coming from <laughs> up north, like all over, dude. Jordan, um, if you want to be a smuggler, would you try and run across the southern border or the northern border? The northern border. And, you know. Would you say you're a lost Canadian smuggling maple syrup? Hey. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Hey. Yeah. Sorry. S- sorry. Sorry. Just trying to find some beers, hey? <laughs> some, yeah. Some poutine? <laughs> uh, okay. So I didn't find official numbers, but it said thousands. What? what? So uh, the, the Canadian trucker protest. Was, oh yeah, that was probably so we'll say less, less than, Oh, you think it was in the tens of thousands? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For Toronto down I, in either Toronto way, 
it's a good turnout, but it's not enough. Maybe it's thousands of and trucks. May, yeah. Oh, you might be right. But anyway. Yeah. They they had the perfect opportunity for everybody to show up. But every like the the modern way in twenty twenty three in the Western world is someone else will do something about it. But Canada just like United States is divided. Like a lot of people yeah, you're, you're, just yeah. the same way. Like a lot of people are like, dude, you're stupid for taking the vaccine and you're stupid for not taking it. Yeah. People had different approaches. And this makes me think a lot about that World War Three discussion we had is like the really the best way to destabilize someone is to be like what you think is real is false to be narrative to tell someone that two plus two doesn't equal four right well now if one group believes that and another group doesn't believe it well it's like commonality can never be had on the simplest of levels yeah. do you guys know the term balkanization mm-hmm. it refers to Yugoslavia in the 90s when it broke up into, what is it, uh, Croatia, Serbia. Um, oh, God damn it. I'm missing one of them. Serbia, Croatia. Oh, Jesus Christ. And the other one. I'm so stupid. This one, okay. I ha- this one I have to pull up on a map because this is unacceptable. Serbia, Croatia. Is Do- Croatia the one on the, on on the, the water? Beautiful. beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. So is Bosnia. Krokop's from Croatia. He was yeah. special forces. Um, I want to eat fish with Krokop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Macedonia. <laughs> Serbia, Macedonia, Bosnia, Croatia. Stone. God, I think Estonia there might be one more. or some shit. Laugh. No. Well, Latvia well, is just north. Oh, boy. The Latvian eagle. Latvia is not part of the, Bal- of the, the Balkans. The former Yugoslav Republic. But anyway, it broke up into factions that all then fought the civil war in the 90s. Uh, uh, Serbs versus Muslims. Yeah, um, kicking the Balkans. Yeah. yeah. But I, I kind of see similar situation in the United States, which we're becoming yeah. sort of balkanized. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you had to draw a map... We're definitely behind that's, enemy lines right now. Oh, we are a hundred percent behind enemy because lines. Because but I think less than we know. I think there is a yeah. lot more people who would uh, yeah. be part of the resistance than we realize. I hope. I, I think it would be as much as like thirty-five percent. Oh, I, I, I would have bet. I would bet. And that that's a big resistance. That's not a small number. Yeah. No, and r- the reality is, I think there's a lot of that is like heavy city centered areas right like it doesn't, oh, you don't did i say albania no but okay so let me tell you guys a story you from iraq because <laughs> i had a guy on my team actually one of, the, one of the best guys i ever worked with who was he was uh, serbian by birth and had come to the united states and served a full career in the marine corps and then was working on the grs contract and there were albanian uh coalition soldiers on the base in Mosul and they ran one of the gates that let us off the fob out into the city. And so every once in a while we would use that gate. And because he spoke Albanian, he would go with us. And it was always kind of like, mm, this could go sideways. Cause he's, he grew up in Serbia, like most of his childhood and Serbians and Albanians hate each other. And so there was a day where he and I had to go out to the gate because we were having something delivered there. Just the two of us. And so he's like, I'll, I'll go talk to these guys and, and let them know what's going on. Okay, cool. I sit in the, in the little Hilux truck. And he walks up to them and he starts talking to the guy. And I see the guy stiffen and kind of put his hand <laughs> on, his, on his AK-47. 
I was like, oh shit, what did he, what did he just say to that guy? And then I saw all his buddies who are also helping man all the guard positions start to like kind of look and be like, hey, what the fuck? Like they're like they're kind of stiffening up and grabbing their guns a little closer. And then finally he comes and walks back into the uh gets back into the Hilux with me. And I was like, yo, man, what what was that all about? And he's like, Well, I was talking to the guy, telling him, you know, that we've got this thing coming in. And he's like, You speak really good Albanian. He goes, Yeah, I'm from Serbia. The guy goes, Oh, okay. And he goes, fuck albania like he said that's when they like stiffened up and i was like why would you do that <laughs> flying flags though yeah. but that's division yeah that is every division but that's where we're getting in the united states right now yeah fuck donald trump or fuck yeah. the left yeah well now that brought up more shit from last night <laughs> yeah there you go let's hear it she goes uh this fucking bit and i the fact i'm giving it this much energy she goes uh well because I'm wearing the... Hang on, she's, she doesn't even know it, but she gave the enlightened Neanderthals an episode. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to start reading the Bible more. Thank you, yeah. Hannah. <laughs> uh, um, she, she, which she has a problem with, apparently. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Hannah or the Bible? Uh, she's got a problem with all of it. Yeah. Herself included. She's got a lot of problems. But, uh, yeah, so I, I have that hat on, and... She was like, well, you know, you're against us because, you know, the Bible's against gays. And this is my girlfriend. Like, we're we're together. We're a couple. We're gay. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, what? I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I just. It's my know. favorite genre of porn. Yeah. And she was like, I, was like, I, I get <laughs> it. I fucking get it. I like it, too. Yeah. Um, And she was like, well, that'd be like me. Like, like if I had like a uh, a mega hat on, you know. I'd be like, what would you say to that? And I was like, I like your hat. <laughs> she, she like, at that point, she's like, I need to leave. And she, oh, you, you triggered her. Oh yeah. She had to fucking walk off. This, this, this conversation was like, that's amazing. Like four or five and there, different and, conversations. And right there, we're back to where living in your echo chamber makes you intellectually and emotionally weak. She couldn't handle you saying that. No, no. She's, and I, I was just trying to like, at, First, I was like, fuck this bitch. And then I was like, ah, be nice. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of interested in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm kind of fucking chasing this, like, <laughs> yeah. anger fucking high. Advocate. Yeah, dude, this <laughs> is what I, I love. Yeah. And she was like, I just like, I was like, you know, you're like attacking me for this, but like, why? There's no reason for it. And she just, she was like, I just like seeing you squirm. I was like. Okay, like, I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but, you know, I just kept having that conversation, you know. But what do you do? You I, buy this bitch a beer and move on. I you talk to her? It would, it, yeah, it was, it was, I think, I think when I started talking about the willingness to try mushrooms and I was like, this is the journey I'm on and where I'm at in life. And you're giving me a hard time for me being a human and, and, and you're supposed to, you're like all this accepting bullshit that, you know, the left always preaches, but I'm here just trying to live my life, support a buddy, believe in his cause, believe in being prepared. Cause I was like, well, basically it means whatever the, you know, the deal means Proverbs 22, three is like, if you predict a problem, you, get prepared for it. Yeah. If, yeah. if there's an issue oh, yeah. and you're wise about it, you're going to see it coming. 
you are going to prepare for that Take issue. Take mitigating action. And you will fucking be good. And if you're not, you'll see it coming, and you'll just think, hey, I'm going to be fine either way. And you just walk into it, and you pay for the consequences. Yeah. And that's what the fucking proverb is saying. And they're like, well, that just... That makes sense for everybody. And I was like, yeah. The, yeah, the Bible, yeah, exactly. The, the Bible has a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to know. that. Like, there's a lot of good things gleaned from common sense shit, right? That you think is common sense. But mm, someone fucking read the Bible at one point, And that is now why you think the way you think. Do you, you know, Hang on. Yourself. Hang on real quick. Have you read the Bible before? Uh, verses here and there. Okay. I, have I haven't either. Next yeah. book. Yeah. No. So when we finish a men's no, world, do Bhagavad Gita. Yep. Bible's boring. Or nope. if you do, do the Torah, do the Jewish. Old World Testament, new, new. Listen, yeah. I read your Listen. fucking time books. <laughs> yeah, don't, I, now you want me to read Hebrew? New, <laughs> new Testament sucks. Old Testament is the way, but that's what maybe, the Torah Maybe we is. should do both, yeah. old and new. Uh, dude, if you want a real mindfuck, do the Bhagavad Gita. Right, we'll, we'll talk the about what? We'll, Krishna... Turns into a million like people and has sex with like a million women at once while playing the. So flute. you're saying this yeah. person masturbates? <laughs> yeah, Krishna <laughs> does it all, all the same. The Bhagavad Gita is awesome. If they turn into that many people and then they do that with those people, that's just masturbation. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, because he's with a bunch of women. Dude, Hinduism is fucking awesome. Is it? I don't. I hate it because it's a caste system. Any religion that What's goes a caste system. So, like, um, a caste system is... Lords and serfs. Yeah. But you can do oh, it like, upper like class, religious. middle class. Yeah. yeah you can oh. do it religiously. So like but, but where you're fixed. Like, the, one, yeah. of the, one of the benefits of capitalism that we have in this country is you have upward mobility, where you yep. can go, you can be born poor, work yourself to middle well, class, and then keep, you know, open a business. They're trying make to stop that shit, yes. though, Oh, yes, they? yes, they are. But the caste system means you're, if you're born a serf, you have no chance of ever becoming anything but a surf. Ah. So in religion terms too, like if you're born so a what rock. Is, what, is that, what does that mean for somebody? If you were born into a, a position that you are, do you think that, that there's some relief there? Where you guys, I am, I am being all I can be. Yeah. And how do like you, I'm going to be this for, yeah, I, because, I, yeah, I think yeah. it crushes motivation. Because at some point you go, well, this is yeah. this is all it'll ever be. So why try? But do you think that they have? And I think that's why we get innovations in their life, regardless. Right? I'm sure there's time. Well, listen, that's bro, the, the number of times I want to quit everything I'm doing like and this. stop doing it because it's just so much work and it's crushing and it's it, it's yeah. exhausting. Yes, but I keep going. Yeah, and there's times when I'm like, I should just close training Northwest. Tell. Uh, Tell the guy who's in charge of us, I'm not going to run work anymore. I'm just going to be a journeyman and work with tools. And uh, I won't have any more responsibilities, no Do more. Do you want to trade lives? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? No, but then at the end of the day, like, no, because I have ambition. So oh, fuck you. <laughs> we, we live in a system that, that rewards ambition. So yes. I can go put my energy toward these, these other things, even though it's a pain in the ass sometimes. The, the, the outcome is, is a possibly greater than you where you're at currently is that like what the the unknown outcome of what the hard work what, what could doing? be tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. has and a better chance for potential than today has yeah. and in a lot of british and i think this is why america took off is because caste systems were used throughout british hierarchy with the aristocracy and higher levels of people 
if I'm a noble, um, you're always going to be yeah, a peasant. Sorry, guys. Where the American spirit well, was and, like, and more so that it, it fosters innovation. Where if you're a yes. guy who's like, you're an old, you, you you're a tinker, you've got a garage, and you're like, I think I could make a jet engine. Yeah, like I think I could make a superior jet engine. You're Can't like, do you that. Know what? Britain. Fuck it. I'm going to get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But here you can, and you can end up as the the chief executive of you know. Uh, the next Skunk Boeing, works. yeah, or yeah, whatever. whatever you want, something, whatever you started in your garage. Um, but caste systems for religion are that it's that same thing. So it's like saying you're, I'm a priest and you're just a peasant and you're trying to find God. Well, I'm always going to be better than you because I have a higher connection. So this same thing that we've done through education through jobs my title dictates me to be better people have done in religion throughout history and hinduism i is one of the oldest religions and i find it fascinating because they do kind of use a sense of caste in it britain has huge occupation in india it hit way harder when that happened but uh that's their Bible is the Veda, the Bhagavad Gita's, and all the Vedic texts. But I think I want to I want to finish my point. But you, you were getting yeah. excited, so let's go. No, 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 you're good. Um, but it carries over to well, from religion to culture, well, I, and that's I, yeah, yeah. what government was. But to answer Jordan's question, yes, there are times when I wish I just knew this is all I got. This is as good as it gets, so I can just just go be a journeyman and never worry about moving up in the world. But but. The fact that the opportunity exists to work hard and build something that's my own mm -hmm. and make it hopefully become my livelihood at some point. But do you think that those people can't work hard in other ways in life? They can, to, but, to they, but, a, but the I difference wanna... is the reward. So if, if, if the only thing I could ever do is just work overtime as a journeyman and I'm constantly just working to better the owner of the company... Right at the end of the day, there's there's one beneficiary of all of like all of our combined energy. Everybody who works at that company, there's there's one person at the top who, at the very end of the day, he benefits from all our spent energy, mm -hmm. and we accept that he he fairly compensates us for that energy. But there's also a part of me that understands that I can do what he did. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. he, all I got to do is do it. Yeah. All I got to just got to get out there and start going. trying. So rather than sit around on the weekends, like it would be nice for two, three weekends. And then I know myself and yeah, I, I get antsy and my brain starts churning and I have all these ideas and I got to start making it happen. And the reality is I want to live in a system where I'm allowed to go out and try to, and maybe I'll fail. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But yeah. the fact that I'm allowed to go out and try. Exists to be yes. Able to, and yeah, that, that is what, that world. is the American dream. That's what the United States of America is about. And that's what is at risk right fucking now. I think that's what sets. Okay, so you're beautifully said. Keep going. I, I you're on a very good trajectory because it's like look at what government was in the past. It was religion, and religion has turned into government, and government has all the same old tendencies. And if you look at like what separated America was this free independent, where if you work hard, you are this person. Whereas in a lot of caste systems of the past, you're a peasant and you're a noble. And it's pretty fucking hard to bridge the gap between them. That's why the story of like, what is it? The princess in the shoe, you know, the pumpkin, the shoe that fits the crystal shoe, Cinderella, Cinderella, right. <laughs> But what is that? 
that's taking a common person and all of a sudden they're noble and they're seen that way. That is the caste system through storytelling sure, that yeah. someone of common can become right. great. She, she broke through the, the barrier. Right, but it wasn't due to hard work. It was due to the gods or the divine or the aristocracies picking her. Whereas America is the idea that your divinity is through the effort you put in. Yes. Creating a great product changes you into being recognized. And so it's interesting. I think you're hitting a very interesting point about what, what freedom is, is the ability to be yourself and express and try hard. Whereas a caste system of government is saying you are this cog in the wheel. You're this gear and I'm this gear. Yeah. And you will never be my gear. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And it's kind of like evolution and freedom, like the ability for capitalist market, the best to be the best. Yeah. The snake with the most poison in its fangs is going to kill all the other po snakes. Yeah. But you know how they say sometimes like when you're, when you're doing like art, some artistic shit and giving yourself boundaries or like you have to, this is what I want. And I want you to do this with certain boundaries. At that point, there's a freedom to now accepting it and moving through, uh, it being creative with what the circumstances are given. You mean like what culture saying you this is good or this is bad, and then you create something that either pushes back on it. No, I'm or, saying like. I'm, it just simply the way in which you create. If if all of a sudden I said, okay, I want you to make something um, that warms this room. Okay, I want you to make something that warms this room. You go, okay, well, fuck. I, I need to make something that warms this room. And then somebody goes, well, I want you to make something that warms this room and sits on wheels and can be moved around the room. And I go, okay, so you're making more uh, restrictions, restrictions, but specs. with that, now you can really get creative with that, the thought process that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before because you're like, okay, well, I need to make it move around this room. So I need to put it on wheels or does it need to be on wheels? Maybe I can put it on a track. Like what, what are the things that I'm trying to do? Like maybe it won't be any of that. It'll be a fucking thing. You mount into the ceiling and now you can move it around the fucking ceiling. And that's how it moves around. the room. Like, you know, there's just, it ends up creating this avenue of thinking that you wouldn't have thought before because there are restrictions and you start like going down. Your mind can be free to now, work within the boundaries of what was set as opposed to being like, okay, I need to make something heat this room. So I'm going to like put fire in the corner. Well, I think that is what a lot of art is, is oppression, right? When the best art, like, yes, a free and open society is nice, but the best art throughout time is not like Greek or Roman when you had maybe people with the ability to be free and to practice stuff, for some reason, philosophy and mathematics and a lot of sciences come from it. But the best art always comes through pain and tragedy. And so like you're saying, if someone gives you parameters to work with, well, it's like, well, now you, 
I can, I don't have all these colored pencils to make a painting with. I just have charcoal. So I have black and white. Mm -hmm. And when the best people are presented with, I'm taking away all your crayons and I'm just giving you a black one. After time, for some reason, it seems like the best art's always created in black and white through that, right? And that's what kind of repression is to me through culture and society. And But then that also gives you the creativity to go, well, maybe I'm not going to use fucking a crayon anymore. Maybe I'm not going to use coal. Maybe I'm going to use fucking... Yeah stacking stones yeah i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna I'm start gonna find, shaping bronze maybe I'm gonna, yeah, yeah maybe i'm gonna use whatever i can or maybe i'll go outside and figure out how to make some pigment to add color to my fucking art but you that's I mean? like yeah it creates it creates a uh, a boundary that now you can push against to move that bound or yes, move because within, because ideas feel, need to be pushed against to yeah. get stronger just like yeah. we said earlier so that's yeah. why like in, in if you live in artistic way, if you lived in an artistic bubble where nobody ever pushed the edges of that sometimes it sucks when you push the edge of the bubble and people are like that's garbage but sometimes people go holy shit that's amazing yeah and if nobody ever pushed the edge of the bubble the bubble would never move but that's everything i mean that's evolution yeah. I mean, if you have but bigger as far predators, as, as far as the caste system, though, yeah. Okay. When sorry. when you go, when you go <laughs> so sorry, dude. Yeah, when you go through that and you go, okay, well, you are this, and that is all you'll ever be, and you go, okay, well, I am this, and this is, I have the freedom to do this stuff within this boundary. Granted, I'm not saying I'm, I am an advocate at all no, for somebody controlling somebody else. But if you if you were like, all I gotta be is this, right? I'm killing it at this. I am this life simpler. In the world. I all I have to do is yeah. do this. I have my the world I live in, and it's this, and I have to wake up and get this done, and that's that. I and would have without the, and then I can be free to think my shit, my. It's also my stuff. It's, like it's free to be able. It's and maybe f- I'm thinking there's more freedoms that these people have or in that. No, in no. That. When you when you're stuck in that caste system, you can't do much creation of your own. And something I've kind of realized lately is that I always think of like, what is a creative person? An artist. But actually, there's a lot of other ways to be creative, like yes. business. So I, it it struck me the other day. I'm driving home. I'm like, oh, training Northwest is a creation. Yeah. Because yeah. there was nothing. And now there's something, yeah. And it's something that is and it's actually growing viable. and moving, and, and right. And yeah. it, it creates commerce, and it's like, oh, this is how the economy works. Where there was nothing, I've created something that actually has Im- implements a, an exchange of value, yeah. And is working for all parties, and that's why. And then I get really mad at the government because then I'm like, and now they're leeching off this thing that I created from nothing. They now leech off of me, and take from me. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wild. But then, because we're in a caste system. Oh, damn near. Yeah. We are damn near in a cat. <laughs> damn near. <laughs> we're, we're figuring shit out. Yeah. Jordan, beautiful. Yeah, just saying. Fucking A. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's. But, it, but it, it was just sort of like, to me, it was like, oh, duh, idiot. There's multiple, there's more ways to create than art and music. Yes. Right? Yes. Like you you can be a business person who creates something from nothing by starting a business that is successful. Yeah. You can, you can draw a circle in the dirt and guess what? Yeah. You just created something. Yeah. What is that? A fucking problem for an ant and a fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's there's tons of shit you can do and just 
every move you make, you're creating something. Yeah. Jordan, you just gave Mike Zadong so much fire all of a sudden. Oh, no. Here because right, throw, a beer, throw a beer at him. The idea of Mike Zedong is to give the power to all the people. And if we do live in a caste system of government, then the higher officials are always going to be the higher officials and we'll always be the people. It's like, well, if a caste system is enacted, a caste system is set to keep the lower people on the bottom mm -hmm. and the higher people on the top. You think of it in religious terms. You're a peasant. You just do the daily works. I'm a priest. I talk to God. I'm better, mm -hmm. right? So put that in government terms. We're the people that constantly have to do the work to pay the government yeah. to be the elite, to be the person. We're giving them the money to talk to God. God, God has a fee. It's a 1-900 number. And if you want to talk to God, it costs money. 1-900-WET-BOYS <laughs> yeah. with a Z. <laughs> uh, hard body boys, actually. Thanks, Pelolo. That'll um, go direct to Mike Kozak's cell phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, if it, it it's kind of like Mike Zedong wants to give the people the power through, and sometimes this is bad, like what if majority vote is really the best for everything, you know? And so, like, if you could vote on every issue and what America votes on as a majority is how we follow through. You're ripping apart the caste system of the leaders leading the what? people and what? the people becoming the, the powerful. You're changing the dynamic, right, what? of us being led and told, this is what we need to do. Ukraine, Russia, this is bad. Instead of taking a vote, we're just going to start allocating money. We'll vote in the government. But the common person that pays all the money to go to the government has no say in it. Are you talking How about do you a one-world government right yeah. now? Of course he is. So, of course. But, of the but, people, though. But at some point... Hang on. I have a question because this this is another thing that hit me a week ago because I was thinking about um, we need to get the ham radios back out again and get ourselves brushed <laughs> up on it. Yeah. But if you want to have a one-world government, it's completely reliant on electronic communication. Yep. So what that government completely falls apart the first time there's a blackout. All governments will yeah. fall apart. Everything bigger than like city level government. And that's dis why disintegrates. You guys haven't heard my theory of a billion string cans and uh, <laughs> yeah, fishing line and web and of vibration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they call it. Have I not included you in this? Yeah. Well, I mean, the you just shot the biggest okay. hole in that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a problem. But. I have to think if we're going into a society. Just, just hacking an internet brown yeah. for like 24 hours could cripple the government. Yeah. That would destroy it, everything yeah. of the people. I, so. I think the smaller. But doesn't that just give you more reinforcement? How important All people I know is talking Jordan to people Jordan and I are is? starting a resistance against your one world government. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be shutting down your communications. Yeah. Hey, sign up. <laughs> Y'all Qaeda. Why don't you put on some flip flops? <laughs> I just did a pistol one class. <laughs> I'm out of control right uh, now. You had fun today, yeah? Oh, dude, I had. Today was ground. You know how you talk? I guess I'm jaded maybe from jujitsu. You're like, mm -hmm. I had a level up moment. Yeah. And it's like, all right, buddy, calm down, Turbo. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been there for a while. I do shooting today. And it's like, I've done those pistol classes, but just the firing drill we did today just 
what you Every, do, is it something you can talk about? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I did a uh, pistol one class for him and Stefan was in town and wanted to do it for a couple friends for Christmas. Uh, okay. Okay. So we, we had, it was, it was like a group of friends. Courtney was out there. I needed to be out there. Uh, yes, Damn it. I'm yeah. stressed. So it's like, I want to shoot and I kind yeah. of been bugging. I, I woke so up. We had, we had a fun group out yeah. there today. I woke up and like, was like, I need to get out to the range. And then it was like, I really need to sleep. Yeah. So then I, I I slept for another like and all of a sudden it's nine o'clock and I was like oh. they're probably oh yeah just getting out there or have been out there for an hour and then I was like well maybe I'll just a little bit more sleep and then I woke up <laughs> and it was like ten o'clock and I was like maybe if I grab my AR and run out there <laughs> sure <laughs> like, I had the worst morning I we came back from the fights last night I grabbed all my gear I put it by the door I'm like all I got to do I set my alarm I'm like I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna have a cup of coffee. I'm going to put my clothes on and I'm going to go. Dude, I woke up this morning. There was dog puke all over my house. Like, it wasn't like a dog puked in the corner. It was like, did someone come here with a paint gun full of dog puke and throw up everywhere? Daniel's been gone, and I think they're kind of stressed. So the dogs have been chewing on their Kongs left and right. So there was dog puke on their beds with little little plastic pieces (laughs) everywhere. Dude, it was on the floor. It was on their blanket. Oh, my God. I had the worst morning. Yeah, well, sorry to hear that. (laughs) Uh, But, okay, so class. Anyway, so what would you guys run through? Just typical pistol one, or what did you have a... Just a typical... But Mike hadn't been out for a pistol class since... The very, very first days of training Northwest. Oh, shit. Probably three years ago when we just had, remember, before I'm it was dry gravel. firing in my garage in my no. undies, dude. That's no. all I'm doing. So yeah, to dude. get the feedback with it. Well, the class has become a lot refined, too. Yes. So it, it's a much better class than it was three years ago uh, or two years ago or whenever it was. Um, just the sending more rounds downrange in in your hand, getting that constant feedback of the pistol. Like I shot over, I shot 150 to 200 rounds today. Yeah, you yeah. know. So just that feedback of my gun and my grips, getting a, getting God comfortable damn, with it. Yeah, and that was it. I think the one that also he liked was the five round drill where you're just trying to track your front sight post as it cycles okay. yes. back and forth. Yes. And getting your eye accustomed to that. And that's a break. When you finally get it, that's a breakthrough moment. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you can almost see it happen. Yeah. Oh, d- um, yes. Yes. I, I th- well, yeah, it's so weird because everything's moving just as quick, but it's almost like you're not like fucking. You're not flinching, flinching about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Like, you're okay, you're this, following the action I'm, through every cycle. I know where cycle. it's going. Yeah. I know where it's going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have a red dot, so I don't think about that shit. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, and for me, it's well, been. You a, should, because you should follow the red dot the same way you can. But okay. it's been a bitch because my Glock had normal Glock small sights, and I'm like, I want to get night sights on them. And all my sights are blown up bigger yeah. because they have that because we're in trinium 40s. painted on them. Because we're in our 40s. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> shit's getting I, I to use, see. I use the same big dots too now, Michael. But no, but like for archery, it's like think of your pin in your peephole. If you want to miss small, you aim small. So all everything's smaller. Now I have these big sights. And if I move my gun just a millimeter, it's feet down the range you know so like getting i work so much harder today on being squared up yeah like thinking how much you were talking fight stance all i was doing was footing today was foot and stance and you were like 
point your thumbs and if my body's square, everything goes there. Yeah. And today, so much shit just click, 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 click. Yeah, and I had such a great day of shooting. Yep. Yep. The classes have gotten much more refined since the early days, and I feel like the quality of instruction has, yeah. has gone up. Like yes. Two Very much fold. so. It seems like you're picking up on, instead of like searching through somebody, like, okay, let me, you can, you're picking up on certain things quicker that I've seen. Like when people are shooting, you're correcting. Oh, finding deficiencies. Yeah, yeah, finding those deficiencies. And maybe it's because it's like, oh, I've seen this same yes. shit. So there, it's there's only, like, a, it's, it's literally like one of three things. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're, here you go, change this. And then all of a sudden, cause I'll hear it. And then they're like, like, Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh shit, shit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But that's the nice thing about having someone that's a master, like in jujitsu doing like the beginner's class. I really enjoy helping out with them because it's like, dude, I've done this for so long. I can tell if you're putting too much weight on your big toe yeah. compared to like letting your toes rest. Like yeah. I can tell what, an inch off over someone is. And so when you get people that are like, Hey man, this is everything that's fucking you up. Sit your weight over your hips, three inches back. And you're like, Oh my God, everything lines up. But it's like, that's what good. And like I said earlier, we're jaded. I think we do have a lot of good leadership. We, we live in a community people. of excellence. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. what we talked about a couple episodes ago on like, wanting to bring that to training Northwest is that Mark, we live in that martial arts community where people believe in excellence. Yeah. There's a, like, it's interesting with like the gym and, um, the group of people that have been like coming around because like everybody's got a black belt in something. Yeah. And we're cause they, they come and maybe they're not the best at jujitsu, but like all of a sudden, you know, Toby can show us how to shoot like a motherfucker. And then like you got um Sean Baker, you know, you got guys like that, and you got guys like uh Will who he's he's able to fucking coach like super, super good and like all yeah. the shit that he does. Yeah. And then you got our our buddy, I won't say his name, who does all the cyber security stuff. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah there's and it's but to that level of like we have a group that talks enough to where you can find out all the little. We, we have an. We were at, we were laughing about this last night because we were like, we were talking about how much fun the gym is and mm. the like the cast of characters. And I was uh -huh. telling Greg, I was like, we were, we said this on the <laughs> podcast a couple of weeks ago where, you know, our our jujitsu gym has like this nice facility and our jujitsu gym has a sauna and our jujitsu gym has a cold plunge. We even have a fucking shaman. <laughs> yeah. How many yeah. how many jujitsu gyms in the United States of America have a shaman? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just Electric North. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I was serenaded but, last night. Yeah. I felt pretty alive. Yeah. Yeah. It felt good. And, it is cool. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to start calling him the Electric North shaman. Oh, he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a um, shaman, dude. So, uh, but we literally in our fucking weird little eccentric community, we have a guy for we got a guy for that. Yeah, no so. shit. Yeah. Maybe that's what our gym should be called and stuff. Electric <laughs> North. We got a guy for that. We got that. a guy for that. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun. It is it, it is definitely interesting. Like and I, I there are other jujitsu gyms certainly that like have that um, they have character. There's a lot of them that have character. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But so even like, if this goes nowhere in life, if in my eighties so, I can look so much back fun. and be yeah, like, we had so God much damn, that was a nuts <laughs> time in my life with a bunch of cool motherfuckers. Yeah. 
What a what a life I've lived. Yeah. No, there's definitely um, the the cast of characters, like you said, <laughs> is 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 vast and interesting. And as you start peeling back the layers, it's like holy shit. Yeah, like I remember sitting there and hearing about the the security and hacking and all this other crazy shit. Yeah. And I was just like. Holy hey, Lord! I was like, hearing, we're not I was, we're not talking surface level. No, we're talking I was a deep fucking story double black that was bag. Like, is, what movie are you talking about? Yeah. That kind of shit. And it yeah. was like, holy fuck! Yeah. Um. So, and that's a lot of different people have. But you have stories. to think like if what we do is trying to refine our skills, like you're gonna attract people that just throughout life try and just refine that being a motherfucker, being the best at what I am, and it's. It is nice to like. It, not only is it a team assassins on the map, but it's like a team of assassins on life. Like people Sometimes that are I just feel like I don't belong because I've only done the jujitsu shit, the mat stuff. So I'm yeah, good yeah, at I the mat you. shit, and then I turn around and I look at other people that have had life experiences that have done things that like. I find so fucking fascinating, and it's like, what'd you do? And it's like I wrestled at, at a mediocre level my whole life so I can do it well now. Yeah, but you do realize you're a good coach. Y- y- and that's yeah. important. Well, yeah, so and, I, I, and I've, I've yeah. only seen it one time that, that day we were in the sauna and you couldn't help, like Jordan couldn't help yeah. himself. He had to get yeah, out of the yeah, sauna yeah. and go teach a, a 10 minute lesson for the guys who were doing nogi class at the time. Yeah. And it was like, look at this motherfucker go. Yeah. And I know when uh, we were actually talking about you last night because you're tied up with high school wrestling right now, but when you when wrestling season opens, you should really talk to Greg about taking a more active role at the gym as far as like once a week teaching takedowns. Yeah, yeah, I want to I want to do that, and I'm I'm going to try and see if the guys won't come in a bunch of my if, kids. If you had a takedown <clears throat> seminar on a Saturday, it would be a packed house. Yeah, it would that, be, it'd be fun. there it would be standing room only on that mat. Yeah, we well we'll do something like that for sure. I mean, I know that. I've talked about it and we've done, I've done a couple little things like with, uh, Danny and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, there, there will be, uh, some of that happening yeah. and I enjoy it, but like that is in me, I think everybody kind of feels like maybe where they look back and they go, okay, my life has been this, but look at all this other shit. Like I want to, there's so many, you're, you're also only 33. I know, yeah. but there, so time, young, time yeah. to kick I'm the donkey 34, in the dude. Oh, I'm oh, 34. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. So, I wish I had started at 34 doing my own thing. But, but the only way to start is did, to start. Though. You started when Not you were 19. And you started, you started, you got into the military and it took you down a fucking crazy yeah, just rabbit chased hole. adventures. But that's, uh, what, that's what training Northwest is. Is, a, is sure. That is a, now a that's thing of that. But you, right? you can, you can chase adventure without going in the military. A hundred percent. I'm, I am just saying that like, when I look at all the cool shit that we have access to, yeah. it's like, I, I, I can show you, how to improve what it is we're here to improve. Yeah. Like at this gym. And I feel very lucky being like well-versed in like grappling because I've been doing it for so long. So I can get, give value to the gym and the actual here at the gym. I can do this for you and it's pertinent to what we're doing at the gym. Yeah. But when we start talking to different people at the gym and the, the experiences they've had outside of the gym, it is very fucking cool to me to be able to like look around and go, this motherfucker does this. Like he's here to learn this and that's great. And we'll learn this. But like, I want to learn this from him or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, 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 and yeah. that's what, but, where we're growing and having yes. these, 
these yep. intimate conversations about. But shit I, on I would side. say chase your own adventure and do what you're good at, which is wrestling, and bring yeah. it to the gym. Teach teach seminar. I bet within a year you could be filling Saturday seminars and renting mat rooms wherever you need to go and teaching uh, teaching like takedown clinics. I appreciate um, I appreciate that, but yes, you can, bro. Everyone, motherfuckers out there. That's true, but, but not a, there's people who shoot better than me. Yeah, but I own a range and I teach classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They uh-huh. don't teach classes. No, 100%. And quite frankly, I'm not teaching people to be expert level competition shooters. I'm teaching people to be basic trained citizens. Which is probably the most important. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, as far as all that shit goes, I'm just waiting for a pilot to come through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know. Jordan and I have been shopping bush planes. It's, oh, dude. This I, shit is going to happen at some point. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing. Like, the, that, I think that is truly the next next adventure I'm chasing is a, is pilot's a fucking license. pilot's I, license. I'm with you, brother. So, like, as far as all this different shit, and I'm just... I guarantee in the next six months we'll have a fucking pilot guy that yeah. we're going to be talking to. Somebody will come. Oh, uh, Theo. Theo, yeah. There Theo's you go. Theo's a pilot. Boom. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Done. Never mind. We, are, we already found Taken one. Taken care of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's a bush pilot. I think so. Or he's so. done some flying. Yeah. yeah he, fuck, there you go. Theo. Hmm. All right, guys. I think <laughs> uh, we got to call Theo. We're going to talk about pilot license or yeah. flying lessons or whatever the fuck. And uh, we'll catch you next time.